Bluetooth guy. It's technology. Bluetooth guy. One could picked up that. Or or you could or we could kill it completely. Um, I kind of like it. I kind of like it too. I just d- a little, just a tad lower. I want to hear what the playback is. I can take it out, so it ain't a big deal. I don't. That's all. That's as low as I can go. So then I can do it on the knob here. Look at this. Look at this. Ooh, a little more. Just a little more cheese. Right there. I think that's, that's a perfect. Sweet spot. I think during this podcast, I might cut some speed holes. Yes. Nice. Can you so okay? So I didn't know what speed holes were, and I feel like you're gonna have to describe them. But yeah. I, I literally just learned 24 hours ago. You posted, uh, I think it was Liam, uh, it, and he had it on his sweatshirt. It's like uh, speed holes gone too fast, <laughs> too far, <laughs> too far. <laughs> so, the, <laughs> so I, I get up at like four in the morning. I come out here. I move my car out. So this is Karim Gym North. This is a garage gym. You're peaking as a dad, by the way. Thank you. Like you have a your garage in place now. My garage is all set, and also with all the stuff hanging from the walls, it feels like um, I've lived here for like ten or twenty years. We've been here for like five weeks. Right, it's amazing. That's also what shocked me is when I came here the first time. You were like, "Yeah, we we moved in a week ago," and this was like done, done. And I was like, "Oh, this was step one." Well, I think early on, I think early on, I could tell my wife Goldie was like pumped about the home decor stuff. Planning a blank slate stuff. She made a bench. Made a, she made a bench. <laughs> Shout out. It's black, and I've never seen it in person. If you're watching this, wondering if the back, pa- back pocket pad, back pocket podcast bros do their homework, they do. That's a reference to my wife's social media, where she was very proud that she built a bench. It's like a three minute video. I watched the whole thing. <laughs> it's like holy shit, she made a bench. <laughs> it fits perfectly. It's like eight foot. Which also strategically might get my wife to listen to at least this far into this podcast. Right. Mm-hmm. There it is. That's mm-hmm. it, honey. We're done talking That's about it, you. Yeah. Thanks for coming. That's enough Goldie talk. Now back to this gym. All right. So I get. I <laughs> now get back up, to the garage. I get up early. I get up early. There's some alone time as a dad. With we have a two and a, two and a half year old. It's quiet. I pour a cup of coffee, check social, hang out, whatever I want, and um, come out here, move the car. Light some incense, just kind of get the vibe. I go to the whiteboard. I, I either like I write up a workout or something's still up there or whatever. I write the list of who's coming. So that list says who this. It says Declan, Andrew, uh, Patrick, Patrick, Shira, Shira, BG. So just for kind of flow through, obviously COVID era, you kind of want at least the six feet, kind of, mm-hmm. if you can. Mm-hmm. Masks required in the garage. You can kind of you can crack a breath in the driveway and definitely on the run some of the running stuff but then um talking hush tones hush tones mm-hmm. the music's pretty low we try not to wake up my wife we almost always do okay so that's that's Karim Jim North right yep. and um what you're talking about though the speed holes is that I had this big chunk of sage which for those of y'all who don't know it's like kind of like this incense bundle of sage that's dried and it's about the size of your fist and I, you kind of walk it around the space kind of yogic it's kind of some meditative shit, right? Mm. Well, I put it down outside, and Liam just put his sweatshirt on top of it. And it's dark in the morning, and so there's just lack of communication. So, like, halfway through the workout, like, we're all kind of smelling this funky smell. This is, like, two days ago. His sweatshirt was on fire. So there's a lot of things going on in fitness. <laughs> a lot of things going on in fitness these days, but people lighting their clothes on fire during a workout, next level. 
mm-hmm. think that's next level. Um, the, but the speed holes, cutting holes in the backs of these uh, Karim Jim North shirts is very tongue-in-cheek. It's kind of making fun of and giving props to a very famous marathon runner named Galen, Galen Rupp. He's an American. He's one of the fastest uh, that we have. And in 2016, he won the Olympic trials in Los Angeles and then went to, uh, or I guess 16, 2016, and then went to Rio, right? Okay. And in Rio, he raced in this Nike singlet where they'd cut all these holes that are like the size of like a quarter. They must have cut a hundred of them in this shirt. And I just think that's so fucking funny that there's a guy who's so fast at running that they're like, well, we got to cut up his shirt. The shirt is slowing him down. Oh, it's the shirt's fault. It's the shirt's fault. (laughs) Or the flip way of talking about that is like, if we cut this shirt up, this guy could win. So anyway, some of the stuff we posted, and and the reason we're cutting holes in the backs of these Karim Jim North shirts is because like, we're a bunch of recreational athletes. And isn't it funny that we need the breathability in the back of these cotton tees? Have to. Have to. Have to. Have to. Uh, one, one question before we get going. I feel like we've gotten going. Um, do you know what number guest I am? Uh, 280. It will depend on when we release it because we're recording five this week. Okay. But it's going to be 287 to 293. Let's just call it. Yeah, 287. 287. 287. Yeah. Wow. Do you remember guest number one? Yep. Yep. Who was it? Mal Jenswold. She was like our good friend in college. What a name. Say the name again. Mal. Mal. Gen- no, Mal, short for Mallory. Yeah. Jensvold. Jensvold. Yeah. We call it the Valentine's Day special. Yeah. February 13th, 2017. Oh. oh, that's so good. Yeah. And um, have you ever, because everyone's like, oh, this, who are the guests that really stand out? Who are your favorites? What are some favorites? I don't care. What were the ones, and you don't have to say them by name, but are there some that come to mind that were like a disaster? Yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. Like a dozen of them that are like you wish you could zap and make them not go a away. dozen. No, not a dozen. Not like a handful. A, there's yeah, it's a small handful. Yeah. But they're memorable. They're equally memorable, yeah, right? Yeah. Reach into like the bag of um, Smart Pop and pull that out. <laughs> I would say the amount of popcorn you have within the palm of your hand. That's how many bad podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so without bringing their names because that'd be bogus. You both know because you know as great friends of each other. I mean, you know which ones you're thinking of. Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, I yeah, love sure. that. Oh yeah. I love yeah. that. I love that. And it sometimes plays when we go out stu- outside of our studio. Um, the uncomfortability, the vulnerability of going into a new space because we like our dojo. Of course. But we love to bring this out here because we have now portable equipment. Yeah. So entering a new space and seeing if we can capture the back pocket mentality inside a new little area is always fun, but yeah. sometimes we fail. Well, sure. And, 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 and catching that rhythm. One of my favorite metaphors in life is standing on the side of the double Dutch jump ropes. And the way that someone's eyes and sometimes even their hands are measuring the speed of the ropes before they jump in, right? Mm-hmm. I love that idea of like, okay, so we're on a boat, and now the shit's plugged in. How's this gonna go? We're podcasting on a boat. How? Yeah, are we recording? And we're recording. Yep. <laughs> How can quickly can you catch that rhythm and then jump right in and be in it? Yeah. Like I think that's dope. And from what I've heard from the Back Pocket Podcast, you guys mostly nail it. Right. I think you mostly nail it. We, we attempt to every That's time. That's a great way to put it. We yeah. mostly hit our mark. Mm-hmm. Do you have a slogan? Because that could be it. The back pocket. I know it's like in your back pocket. But I, I know. I know. Yeah, right, right, right. But if you change it, it could be, we mostly nail it. I like that. I, look, we, we just adopt any sort of slogan. Like we, had wild, we have wildly average, just wildly average anything. Right. It's kind of our little phrase. But I like that. Just we mostly nail it. The back pocket podcast. We mostly nail it. <laughs> I also like that um, when I'm patrolling some of your socials and some of your stuff, like your listeners are, are um, they're not tourists. They're loyalists. 
Mm. I feel like folks that are listening to your podcast somewhat regularly are also billboards for this thing. Meaning like it's pretty common for me to catch up with y'all on socials and just see what you're up to. And there'll be like some like grisly old dude or young person or athlete or runner or mom or someone being like back pocket. And they can like spit, they can spit like an advertisement essentially for what you guys are doing. I think that's Mm -hmm. awesome. It just, I think it just speaks a lot about, and then maybe there's some similarities with November project where like people are out there just like pushing this community. Right. And it's maybe, it's maybe hit like a critical mass now and not now, but maybe years ago, months ago, but like where people are out there doing some promotion for you just because they love you guys. It's so cool. hundred percent. We stand on the shoulders of our community. Totally. They help us 100%. That's why we do it. It's for the community. And then at the same time, when we get, we were talking about this last night, when we get that little bit of reinforcement, a little bit of affirmation of like, hey, love what you guys are doing. It's just constant like, thank you. Like, appreciate it. We're not going to stop. This is the good momentum. It's a good fuel source. And it makes, it makes you guys the guys. It makes you like the faces of it. But then it also adds like a really healthy pressure for like, all right, motherfuckers, keep crushing it. Yeah, keep it going. Like this person, especially now, like when mental health and like when people are feeling really like siloed off from what they used to see and do and go interact in the movies and restaurants, like now imagine if now your podcast mattered more than ever and feeling connected to a community digitally mattered more than ever. Cause I think we're living that. I mean, mm-hmm. hey, I hate to turn the corner and make it serious. So we'll get back to, you know, real no, talk. No. Yeah. But right. Isn't that, isn't that cool? Like you guys were a podcast and now for some people it's like they're waiting for the next one to drop and it matters now more than ever. Wow. That's awesome. I think that's awesome. Yeah. We'll appreciate it. I, yeah. I, uh, I'm a we, fan, I think. Well, you, no, you know what you are. You're an intern. What we call all of our listeners and the people in the community, the people that care about us, they're all interns uh, because they market us word of mouth. Sure. Just naturally, like you said, people are walking billboards for the things that we do because uh, – and they're the ones who push the community and push us forward because they care so much, just like with November Project and seeing the passion and the vibe sure. uh, behind it. And I think what's really cool about it is like you're you almost felt intrusive by saying like we almost we nail it most of the time and you're like can can we make that a part of it? It's like of course we can. Right. This back pocket's just a malleable represent representation of people who want to be a part of it. Well, and it's constantly changing. You it's always it's always evolving. And and the, you're not saying these are you're not well. So it's so you're not, not you're not saying it's a fucking free for all. <laughs> there are some brand guidelines and there's some things that you want to do. And I've seen your branding and people wearing the hat and people are pumped and like they can talk about keeping this thing in your back pocket and and having it as a toolkit and all those things, right? But if they also add a variation or a twist, your whole direction may go that way. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like you're following the lead of your listeners and your guests, former guests, potential guests. Like it's so cool. Anyway, that's what I got. That's what I got to say about yeah. it. And, and Bocella looked like the most insane thing of all time. <laughs> and being a new ish dad, I was <laughs> never going to go to that. <laughs> I was never going to go. And I heard about it. I, I, I obviously on social, but I think one of you cats posted on your personal something. I heard about Bocella and I just shook my head. And smiled and was like happy for you dudes. And then I was like, like partially like a little bit like, fuck those guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, and also, and also cause, because what we do with November project, we're like, we're, we're trying to be the organization that um, we're trying to be the organization that is the most concerned with health standards and COVID stuff real quick. So yeah. for any listener that doesn't know what November project oh, yeah, let's is, do that. Brogan is the founder of November, co-founder, co-founder. Of, November, of November project, which is, uh, a community that uses fitness to bring people together. Uh, um, that's kind of the 
base, the most basic, but it is a morning fitness group for all levels that's free for life. Um, some of the requirements are that you have to be kind and that you have to work hard, whatever that definition of working hard means for you or your mm -hmm. grandma or you, you, the dog on the leash that you bring, you know? And so um, dog has to work hard, hold the dog accountable, get him up and out of bed. Yes. Yeah. No. So then, and then it's, um, it's rain or shine. So like even at some of the colder November project communities, November project, Winnipeg here in Minneapolis, Iceland, you name it. Yeah. You're what? Eight or nine different countries, nine countries, nine countries, nine countries all 50 states, 50. No, no, no. But it is in 52 different locations. There we go. And, um, and it's this idea of what if we took out the team sport mentality of the best athlete is the best and made it more about attendance and enthusiasm and togetherness. Mm -hmm. And so we have this joke that if the group was called November Project Run Club, it wouldn't have grown at all. Because people, they like to size things up and say, oh, I hate running. Well, I'm definitely not going to that. It's for runners. No, thank you. Mm -hmm. But it's a little bit elusive of like, what are the workouts, right? Like I could imagine some, one of you guys being like, well, what, what do you do? And because it's hard to explain, it's kind of like a concoction of a lot of different things. Kind of boot campy, kind of run clubby, kind of cultish, definitely weird and fun and interesting. And um, I think the co-leaders in all 52 cities do a really good job of like, of synthesizing how much you have to interact with the other people that are there mm -hmm. you know like i don't spend a lot of time at barry's boot camp or orange theory or or, or um, what's the one soul cycle but like you could make your way in and out of those experiences without having met a new person mm -hmm. right and i think at november project in almost every city you can't that's i'd say that that's almost you'd have to be working hard to stay that closed off sure so you come away from it having a vivid sunrise experience outdoors kind of the smells of fresh cut grass all that stuff and this idea this idea that you're interacting and i think for people that are in college they don't know a lot of like adults in their 30s 40s 50s 60s and people that are 60 don't have a lot of friends that are 20 you know so this idea of like i think it's really popular in fitness right now to be like we're all levels i think it's cool to be like different phases of life right mm, yeah. so uh, to to drop into minneapolis the way my wife and i did with our little boy a year and a half ago and immediately have friends that are that have kids that are in college. Like that's cool for me to like look at and have conversations with dads that are like, man, hold on to these stressful times with your little guy that they'll go fast. Like that's cool. Mm -hmm. I don't need bros that are 20 that are just crushing workouts. Like that's cool too. You <laughs> but, know we, I mean? but on the flip side, like we value your perspective as 37 year old guy who just had, a, who right. had his kid. Now he's in a house in right. the suburbs and like we're 24. I mean, we're still crushing the workouts totally in your, in your garage, but like totally there, there's a, that, that same perspective. Hey, Goldie, how's it going? This is Goldie Graham. Hello, Goldie. Hi, guys. How legit is this? So, um, do you need a chair? I need to take a photo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, we're, reco we're recording. Can you get her on there? Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> this is Goldie Graham. She made a bench. These guys I did. know. I made yeah, a bench. we know about your bench. Did right you in there? It? Yeah, I watched your video. It's pretty good, right? Yeah, it was but impressive. You seen it in real, real life. I know, not yet. No one's allowed in the house. Okay. Not even these <laughs> podcast guys. All right, all right. <laughs> But it, I'm serving this Declan guy enough coffee that I hope he has to poop behind the shed. Disgusting. Yeah. yeah. But that might have to happen. Well, yeah. that's one of the things that constitutes Grim Jim is, you know, it's number one or two outside in the yard. Here. It's number one or two. And it's mostly dark in the mornings. But I'm waiting for that really awkward, like the sun is up and there's a dog walker. And someone like as put together as your co-founder here is like caught peeing in the lawn. Yeah. I just like no, that. Nothing idea. more vulnerable than that. How do you guys feel about his shoes? Love them. You do? Love them. Yeah. Oh, I told Brogan earlier today, I kind of gassed him up. I felt bad about it now. But it's he's, hard it's not like to the, talk about him. It's hard not to talk about him, but like, that's exactly the vibe that I always try and go for is just <laughs> like, I want, 
it's not that I want people to talk about them. I'm just like, I want right. to be different, but I want to be proud of it. Right. Declan's getting a pair of these in the mail. Yeah, like, they're sick. I don't like, I don't <laughs> like. If you wore so, my size, you could have mine. What size do you wear? I'm an 11. Yeah, he's Yeah. Size. What are you? I'm an ass. Yeah, it's not going to work. No. Bro? No, it's not going to work. Well, I'll get you a pair. Do you want black or white? Uh, white, preferably. So it's called the Addiction Walker. Okay. And if you want to be real steezy. If you want to be real steezy, you leave the top strap on. I know. I saw that. That's a, that's a sweet vibe. Well, because the bottom strap proves that like, I am into walking. Like, I do walk. Right. right? You want st- support. I want to be able to keep walking. Correct. But this shows that, like, I sometimes stop walking. I don't even care. I'll stop walking. <laughs> I'll lay down right here. Right, because insider trading knowledge, you're com- recovering from plantar fasciitis. Yeah, no, thank you. Right, so... Um, you had a massive opening for Karim Jim, yep. socially distanced and everything. Yep. Um, and you just partnered with Brooks, and they sent you these yep. as a uh, coup. As, <laughs> a little bit. As kind of just like, hey, hey, we're happy you're recovering, but you, you're going to still need these. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> totally. So the, partner, the, the, partnership with well Bro- the partnership with Brooks is like a year and a half into the making. And uh, one of one of the main contact with Brooks on a weekly basis is a guy named Brian Fisher. And he led the, the November project Seattle group for a long time. He's a friend of ours. Okay. And he, and I know each other just well enough that like he can ask me nice, kind, supportive things about how my injury is going. I haven't mm-hmm. run for six months. It's kind of a big part of my life and send me these as a way to be like, it's like two things. It's like supportive and funny and like kind of tra- trashing me yeah. all in one. <laughs> it's a nice little gift. Um, but what I don't think Brian knew is that this was going to change my fashion life too. Forever. Yeah. There's no going back. And so then, so then, then they showed up. I did wear into the ribbon cutting for Karim Jim North. Yes. Trying to be an influencer. I don't think I'm going to get many of these pairs out there on the streets, but maybe. Maybe. But he sent me a black pair as well. Gotcha. Well, you sold me. I'll the addiction on. walker. Just make sure you walk a lot in them. I will. Come on. Man. How's your walking game? Are you walking a lot these days? Oh, I'm uh, I'm ripping like 14,000 steps a day. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's all I do is walk. And is it on your phone or do your, your, does your wristwatch go off? Phone. Wristwatch. You know how I know I'm 37? Wristwatch. Wristwatch. I don't even own one. I'm, should I should I buy into the BS? What do you I think? don't know. I, like the, 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 the vast majority of friends through November Project are, are of the running world. Mm-hmm. And so everyone pretty much is already kind of wearing a Garmin. Got it. And kind of doing, able to kind of, Start, go. Let's go right now. Yeah, I think it'd be nice. Yeah, it's Especially good. I've been running a lot too. Holds you accountable a little bit. And then there's some braggability. Mm-hmm. It's the furthest run I've been on this month. Like that's kind of cool. Yeah, and it's good. It's good to have that, that that consistent feedback. I think so. So I want. So I want to get back to this. You now that we know what. Now that everyone knows about the November project, how have you attacked uh, these new times with having to go virtual and digital and try and have that same community feel when you're not all allowed to be in the masses like you used to be. So I have a November project answer and I have a broken gram answer. Nice. The November project answer is that we, uh, we shut down when the NBA shut down Mm -hmm. and the, one of the November project communities is actually in Hong Kong. And so they had come, they had like gone through all of this shutdown stuff and we're actually back to in-person workouts. Right. So they had the COVID shutdown in January and we're back by the time we made kind of a from a corporate level, all yeah. 52 cities kind of solidarity thing. Like we're all shutting down. Yeah. So our folks in Hong Kong were like, really? We, we're, no, we're done with that. Like We wore the masks. We're all set. <laughs> we're done. So yeah. they also so they, they joined us. Of course, the entire community globally shut down. Um, uh, 
Which is weird. I just finished telling you that rain or shine, like in nine years, we've never canceled for weather ever. Rain it's or crazy. shine, we still grind. We still grind. So it was, it was really odd being like, no, we're not. No, it's not on. It's always on. And that's part of what has made it the group like kind of uh, reliable. You're right. And um, so what we did was really basic as far as like requirements for these cities and the things that we were asking of our leaders. Because they're busy. They're all pretty spread thin. And November Project is, is a fun, should be a fun part of their week. And so we said, you know, uh, as a as an organization, once a week, we're going to post a workout that should be or could be done by your community in any of these cities. And so we'll take mm-hmm. turns, like, hosting it. So Boston will send a workout to the masses. And we'll all do the Boston workout each week. And it kind of gets our leaders off the hook a little bit. Um, okay, so that was the idea. Um, we were really happily surprised that, like, what feels like almost all of the November Project co-leaders, we call them co-leaders, there's two or three in every city, you know, got on Zoom and started hosting live stuff and hosting coffee after the workout, and we're doing, like, all these extra digital plays. So Mm -hmm. um, they definitely rose to the occasion. I shouldn't have been surprised. These are some really passionate people that are really dedicated to the communities that they built. Mm -hmm. So, like, no surprise. Like, they were fucking awesome yet again, you know? Um, I do think, and I know that we have all experienced this in some ways, the first month or two of COVID was like a little bit um, a little bit novel as far as like, look, this is, this is interesting. We're wearing masks. Like, everything was like a little bit. It was all new. Fresh. It was new. And yeah. it was like, how long will we do this? Probably not long. <laughs> yeah. Week seven. I don't know. What do you think? Ten? No more than 14 weeks. Summer comes around. Very naive. Yeah. Totally. And so yeah. then somewhere where we hit that stride um, of like, oh, this is just how it's going to be for a while. I think that's been difficult. I think that's been difficult because the members of November Project continue to show up to whatever their leaders put on. And our leaders, for the most part, are putting themselves together and putting out something that's really enthusiastic and cool. Um, but it gets it gets tough. You know, it gets it gets hard to continue trying to try add variation to something that just isn't as good. Because if November Project was an expert at something, it was probably the togetherness vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fun, hooting, and hollering. Human contact. The group, for the most part, is like kind of a hugging, high-fiving kind of group. Mm-hmm. So let's do that digitally. It just, it's, it's, it's not apples to apples. It's just, it's wildly different. Sure. So It's a totally different realm of experience and then the positive way of talking about that is for folks that lived across town for folks that um have kids that could never leave their house that could never make it that could de- didn't have the bus routes to get them there now is actually the easiest time of all time to join november project mm-hmm. if you have the inter- if you have internet right right because there is no parking there is no commute time it's like you could be on a business trip like you can still go to november project you can wake up early and go to the workout in london in your living room November Project Iceland is an hour or two later. November Project New York City is an hour ahead of us. So, you know what I mean? Like, now is the easiest time to join these communities. You know, these we call it traverbaling when you're in another city. So this digital traverbal, this idea of being at a West Los Angeles workout right now at this point in the morning, you mm-hmm. know, having already done that in November Project Minneapolis. So, so it's an interesting way of mixing the community right now, and I think the level of creativity has just changed. It's just the medium is different. You know, our yeah. leaders are having a good time figuring out ways of bringing people together. You know, out in California, um, there's a handful of different November Project cities uh, up and down the West Coast. 
And so they've taken this opportunity to, to create November Project California and take different turns of hosting and, and, and really collaborating that way. So like it gives leaders a little bit of a break and then a little bit of a spotlight when they're on. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the those are some of the ways in which we brought people together. I will say we tried for the very first time to host a digital race. Uh, I should know the month. It felt like April, March, April, March, April, something early COVID. And it was called the Sunrise 6K, and we did it through a data tracking um, company that's huge in the running cycling world. It's called Strava. I'm not sure if mm-hmm. you've heard of Strava. Yeah. Right. Sunrise 6K on Strava, and it was promoted just through social media and through Strava, and and um, they're like a community partner of ours, and we're with Brooks, and it was like this kind of an experiment of like how it would work. Yeah. We had 17,000 people register. Wow. We were like, we would have been stoked on 2,500 people. 4,000, we would have been pretty like, over the moon. So 17,000 people registered. And, 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 um, and as creators of content and as, as thoughtful dudes, I don't care what anyone says about you. You guys are both thoughtful dudes. I, I know that you'd appreciate kind of what this was. So um, we called it a writing, a writing contest with a side of running. And so the Sunrise 6K was, it had to be either completed or started uh, within 10 minutes of your sunrise. So the meridians were all the same, right? So your your time zones, your sunrise was shared all the way up and down the coast. So in New York, you could be starting with the folks in Orlando, East Coast, mm-hmm. right? And um, really good time zone flex, by the way. Right. That was really <laughs> geographically just sound. Right, right on down. You know, Virginia Beach, you know that whole like Richmond, Virginia, all the way down. I mean, just listening to you now, I, I tracked you from <laughs> New York <laughs> down to all Orlando. Down. I was like, I knew it. And um, And this idea of, you know, on Strava, they'll tell you your miles and how fast you went and your fastest mile and all these metrics. But then there's a description box and you can put in there anything you want. And most, I think most athletes for the most part don't fill it out. And so we really wanted to lean into that description because it takes the pressure of the athleticism off of that experience. And it became a writing contest. So we said we would pick the top 10 best of, and we create categories based on, you know, if, if there was like a couple hundred people that did poetry or something, we mm. would do best of poetry. And so we were really honest and transparent about the fact that like we were going to make the categories as they came in. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like it wasn't like best of, you know, funny outfit. Go, go go do funny outfits. It was like, we'll just see what you fuckers put on. Yeah. So best of Sunrise 6K is what it was called. 17,000 entrants. And, um, and it was one of the few times during COVID where I stepped out the door and was running by myself, but I felt this profound, it was, it was really profound for me. It was mm-hmm. this profound sense of like, well, we're doing this together. We got our people together. And mm-hmm. it, it was like, and I saw a couple of people from November project, Minneapolis out there running, you know, with their November project. Oh, and like, cool. we, we didn't stop, you know, COVID like other sides of the running path yep. on the greenway, but we were so, so psyched, you know? <laughs> um, and then with the time zones, going back to the time zones, you know, we don't have a November project in Cambodia or in New Zealand or in Australia, but these entries started posting as the world is turning, as this, as these sunrise entries started coming in. So around the clock, you go to bed and wake up to run here in Minneapolis and you look at the site and it's like just these insanely beautiful experiences. And it's, it's so cool when you talk to folks about running because maybe the most boring part of the story is like, I went this fast and I did this. That's what I did. You ran. Yeah. The cool part of the story is like, and then I and then I didn't even realize that the sun would reflect off the building that way. And, and it's something I'd never seen. And because it's this time of year, you know, the leaves are changing or whatever. Like, it's the textures of the writing. And it was so, for me, I thought it was a really beautiful spin on a running, I guess it was a race. But it was a running experience shared 
by a global community, same day, same time-ish. And this idea of passing a sunrise around the globe, like you don't have to stretch to make that poetic. Like that's cool in itself. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Sunrise 6K. And then we don't have to get into it now, but maybe it's kind of more on the sign-off, but we do have a pretty cool activation coming up on Strava in a few weeks. That's Sick. Be, so, yeah. yeah. We'll put the – send us what, – what's it going to be called? Do you know? That will be called um, Summit Streak. Summit Streak. The November Project Summit is a gathering, one of our two big gatherings each year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this year it's canceled. It's digital. I'm sorry. It's virtual. Um, and so it's that first – it's the last – it's the 31st first weekend, October, November. Um, and the week leading up to that uh, weekend – it's going to be uh, 30 minutes of activity every day nice. to be a part of this thing. Mm-hmm. And we, we're really pushing athletes um, in the November Project community and people that are new to it to do something different each day. Because if you look at the drop-down menu of like things like run, jog, walk, but if you keep going, it's like paddleboard, swim, rollerblade, swim, row. Like it gets awesome, right? And so, okay, let's say you run on Monday. Tuesday, you should do something different. Yeah. You know, ride a bike, something. Change it up. Yeah. Be active. Um, you so- know what? Actually, real quick. You know what I love about the whole story about that 6K is um, you were put in a position where you had to scramble a little bit as a company, as mm. a corporation, as a community, mm. and everybody was scrambling at the same time. But mm. when you all did it together, that's something that you're going to probably do for the rest of the t- uh, rest of time. Like, yeah. There's like a, there was a cool different, again, totally different medium still together. Right. Everyone knows that we're going to be back to the medium we were all used to, which was sh- show up together, rain or shine. We still grind. We still run. Yep. That will, that's one medium. But you did something in a totally different world now. And I call it world. Just yeah, yeah, virtual world. Yeah, you yeah. did it together. No, I love You accomplished it. I appreciate you saying that. It's like the, um, the thing that is really – it's a daunting thing to hear, but it actually makes me feel better as, a cre- as a, someone who likes to be creative – uh, this poet that we're working with on a piece of content, a film that's coming out, said it so eloquently, and it just it really hit home. This is a week ago when we were having a conversation. Um, we're not going back. We're not going back. Remember those packed bars, shoulder to shoulder? Remember the, the concert? Remember the, the mosh pit? Like, we're not going back. Like, I think that's an important thing to remember. Like, I don't care how rural you get. I don't care how burby you get. Like, big game day, the tailgates, like... It's going to be different. It might get close back to being that, but it like November Project Summit, just just for some context, a couple thousand people. Like with five people on all sides of you doing a bounce in this kind of um, mosh pit loving kind of I don't want to say cult, but like really intense experience, screaming and hugging and sweating and hanging out and partying and getting to know one another like we're not going back. So it gets you off the hook and it says, okay, so now what? Blank slate. Let's do something different, you know? And I think if we all continue looking in the rearview mirror and we're just like, uh, those were the days. I want that back. We're just spinning our freaking tires, right? Yeah. you know? So anyway, um, I will shout out uh, Joseph Green in Brooklyn. He's the poet that I'm speaking of. And he's working with these two filmmakers um, from Deuster Film. We've been working with these guys to build content for the last 10 years or so. And they're collaborating on this really wild, and you guys should do this because you have the kind of audience that you could do, where it's user-generated assignments. And the question is, what does it look like to, our, our slogan is just show up. What does it look like to just show up in 2020? What does it look like? What does that mean to you? And the idea of just show up for so many years was like rain or shine, do the burpees, it's fitness, right? 
just show up for each other accountability. Now, what does it mean? So we're going to source this footage, photos, videos, uh, sculptures, hand, hand painted drawing, whatever, all different mediums with Joseph Green's poetry on top talking about these times. So if you're listening to this podcast, I don't, I don't know what the working title is. We don't have the title yet done, but it, I think it'll be the most interesting piece of content that's November projects ever put out Sweet, because it'll be grainy. It'll be like kind of shitty footage, you know, and his words are so powerful. Jo- Joseph, um, LMS green. I think that's his name on Instagram. He's one of these voices that when you hear him speak, you're just like, I, I can go take a, on the world right now. That's all. Awesome. So it's going to be dope. That's yeah. going to be, that will be, I'm very much looking forward to that. And then going back to the broken gram answer, um, the pivot or the, the kind of turn on a dime. How did the COVID switch go? How did life switch? Look, it wasn't great. Like I'm an optimist and I'm such like the loud guy in the room and I'm always like finding the brighter side. Like I was pretty surprised how slow I was able to turn with it. I was like, you know, I mean, like a lot of us kind of over the screen time stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, that's a very good point. And I thought like, I thought like November project Minneapolis was like a good workout. And like, I was pretty good friends with some of the people there. It was very eye opening how much I plugged in socially in small interactions. And when you take them all away, I was like really missing people. I think we all miss people, but like it wasn't the, it wasn't the catching up with bros or going on long runs. Like as a, as a dad, like I don't have those things. Mm -hmm. So like, I thought that I liked going to the coffee shop for the coffee, but it's actually just to be around the people. The the banter with the barista, like I thought I was being nice to kind of start up a conversation, but actually I'm feeding off of that too. Mm-hmm. So like it wasn't dark times, but I just remember being very stalled and a little bit embarrassed being that stalled, you know, because I want to be the guy that's like, We're, we got this. But I was like in early COVID, I was like, fuck, this sucks. Okay. <laughs> well, you're speaking on being a dad and having a family and – uh, we, Declan and I were in our house with five other guys, three other guys, there's five total. So we were able to like kind of get the still bro feel of community. We sure. were like a, we work Airbnb. We turned our house into a we work. Got it. Got it. Got it. Totally. Um, totally. So we were able to like still push community, but we, we were in our heads thinking like, this would be like, we're in our, the perfect time in our lives. We're 24. Yeah. We, we have a stable job. Like we've been working two or three years in the singular job. So now the company trusts us. We're not in school where they got it. You're graduating virtually. You're right. Trying to find a job. Trying to find right. a job, and then you're not on the other side of it being um, early 30s, having a lot of responsibility, having a lot of responsibility on others, and having to figure out like how is everyone going to work in this? Like, we got to be selfish in the yeah. sense of like we can figure out how we want to feel right now, and then also vibe off of other people in our own house. Well, the sweet spot you hear about folks that are single, living alone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or I don't know this idea of being surrounded by people, just even to be able to talk it out, man, this sucks Yes. to turn to somebody and say that. And like, they say, well, here's, here's a different way to look at it. Or I agree with you. Even just being heard and seen like, fuck man, hundred percent. I mean, friends in New York city, like you, you start to get like really, um, claustrophobic in the amount that you're closed off. Yeah. You know, his um, sister went to, or goes to Cornell yeah. and was in New York for a summer internship and was like stuck in her apartment the whole, all summer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So, and then, and then I think early on, um, especially as so much of the world was looking at what was going on in the, um, in the medical world and seeing nurses working around the clock and attacking COVID, like we also learned to this thing early on where someone would say, you know, Andrew, how you doing? How, how, you know, how's your, how's this going? You know, a month into COVID, two months into COVID. And it was this really like 
delicate dance that almost always had to start with like, well, I, um, I'm in a pretty good spot because I'm, you know you almost had to like qualify like I don't have anything to complain about, but be, and then and then but I am pretty depressed or whatever you mm-hmm. know, and so that was that's always tough too because in that qualifier qualifier of like I'm not a nurse in New York City or I'm not on the front lines or I don't have COVID or like I'm not missing funerals yet or whatever. Mm-hmm. It like took away our ability to like look at how things were uh, good, bad, or otherwise. Because we all kind of put that little filter on the front. And then it, far enough into COVID, people kind of lost that. And they're just like, how's it really going? Yeah, you know, exactly. Give me a real, give me a real answer. You don't have Got to do more it. real with it. For mm-hmm. sure. So, um, so that's, that's COVID. So, yeah. You know, and then the, the running injury. And then we moved. And so then, and then during. S- did you move from San Diego to Minneapolis? So, yeah. So we moved from San So we were in San Diego. For, we fell in love in Boston. So I grew up in Madison. Uh, I grew up in Madison, Wisconsin. Went to West High School. Um, I got a rowing scholarship. I was a big, tall kid back then. Um, still a big, tall kid now. Still a big, tall kid. I haven't shrunk. I have grandfather's shoes on, but don't let it fool you. I'm not yet a grandfather. Only a dad. Grew up in Madison. Scholarship. Went to Boston. Um Graduated from Northeastern University, traveled the world for a couple years, came back, coached the team for four years, which was kind of my first job. Got into marketing, did a couple marketing jobs. November project started already. No, not yet. So okay. um, I had a, I had a um, I had a marketing job helping launch the bike share company in Boston and in New York City and in DC. It's called um, it's called Hubway in Boston. Now it used to be City Bike in New York. You were part of the uh, like the community bike boom. For sure, for sure. <laughs> That's and, awesome. And I was also one of those bike guys. Like I was kind of like you know, uh, I was always on two wheels anyway. So I knew yeah. those folks and they were riding bikes. And so, okay, so um, in 2011 we started November Project, and we can we can just skate through that to get you to, to Minneapolis. But um, I started working for New Balance. I had a marketing job at New Balance for two years, and then we, my co-founder and I. Um, for the very first time, we were in 16 cities. November Project was in 16 cities, and we thought, hey, man, maybe we should consider taking help, like resources, like sponsorship, kind of that kind of help. We'd never done that. We struck a deal with the North Face, um, great gear for playing out in the weather. We were with them for five years. And during those five years, my wife and I were living in San Diego. So we'd wow. gone from a newly married couple in 2014. We moved at the end of 14. I quit my job at New Balance. Um, and then the job working for November project became about jumping on airplanes, going to these workouts, meeting with leaders. Um, sometimes I would say leading leaders, but that's a little bit aggressive because these leaders are just so passionate. Like I'm not dropping into these cities and helping them. I'm mostly taking in the things that they're doing right. Um, and so then we had this little boy, uh, in 2018 in February, um, pregnant wife living in the beach life as renters it was awesome right surfing it was awesome san diego if you've never been go if you want to live there you're right you should go do it but we were living that renter's life and we're like this isn't really adding up especially if we're like maybe gonna have a second kid one day blah 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 starting to make like responsible decisions and yeah, start thinking about it a little more well then it then it's tough with us because we kind of spoil ourselves we're living too close to the water we mm. like san diego life was good oh yeah but <laughs> it wasn't practical right all of our neighbors owned their houses and their teslas and they you know we, we made okay money, but we were like the poor kids. So we're like, all right, maybe we look an hour to the east or something. And the minute you're not living in San Diego, San Diego, you should leave California. That's my opinion. Okay. All right, so we left California. <laughs> when was uh, Lumi born? Lumi was born in February 2018. We 
uh, we moved to Uptown. Well, first we made a list of all the cities that were like medium size in the United States that you could afford to maybe buy a house that were also still kind of groovy. Minneapolis happened to be on top of the list. Random reasons. We visited here first. We didn't visit any other city. That's kind of wow. cool. Yeah. It was the Lindale Street Fair. Minneapolis looked good. Mm-hmm. You know what Great I mean? look. Great look. And um, we saw a very um, mixed group of human beings as ages and people on bikes and ethnicities and mm-hmm. uh, racial makeup as you look at Lindale packed with people walking up and down the streets. So the irony is that like we came here for that diversity. Sweet. We wanted our kid to you know, be one of the white kids but also see other races and be on the basketball court and be in the pool with people from all over the world. Get a unique perspective. And so, in f- ironic foreshadowing, a year later, you know, our neighborhood's burning down with George Floyd and the riots and the things. And, like, it, we hadn't done our homework. You know, Minneapolis does have a, a pretty rough history with segregation and, ra- you know, racial discrimination and police brutality and, and, and murder and policing. And so... Um, the plan was to be in Uptown to catch a vibe for what Minneapolis really was as we shopped for a home in the Burbs. Mm-hmm. So it was all kind of on schedule. But then when our neighborhood was you know, full of rioters and looters and uh, the gas station was on fire on our street, we, we were also getting ready to also be moving. So it's, just, it's, odd. it's an odd year for a lot of reasons, but then we moved. And now we live in these quiet Burbs, far from any of the revolution and action and conversation. And so... For a lot of reasons, it's really important that you guys are here and we're recording this. It's important that we are creating a place to kind of come and be and push yourself. But, you know, even these even these, you know, small workouts, social distancing with masks like we have a uh, a, a racial uh, I should say I should say anti-racism social justice component to these workouts here at Karim Jim North. Like so I'm still trying. I'm always I think until I die, I'm always going to be looking at how to build community wherever I am. Mm-hmm. That's the best way to do it. Yeah. I, I have a question, though. So when, I mean, my dad always tell, told me this. Um, when you have a kid, it changes from it being all about you to being it being all about your kid. What was it like to have a kid, oh. be a dad for the first time? Um, it's not like anything. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not like, you know, uh, what's it like? And I try and have this conversation with as many men as I can. Because I think, uh, unfortunately, you find a lot of this like kind of Homer Simpson vibe of like, "fuck, it's the worst. It's the this. It's the worst. Don't do it. Don't get married. It's the worst." Like that's too common of a joke. So I would say it is, and this is going to be kind of cheesy. It's the best thing I've ever done. There's no podium. There's no like, and in second place, like. It's the best thing I've ever done, and that takes my silver medal and bronze. It's like you th- you think some of the things that you've done or built or been a part of are epic. No, you haven't done anything until you have a kid. And I think it's like a really cool badge of honor. It's a mountain that's really hard to climb every single day. Um, but the process of having a pregnant partner, wife in my case, and going through that uh, and the birthing and all of that, it's intense. It's not um, – it's not glamorous. It's really tiring. It You lose yourself. This idea that your dad talked about, like it becomes all about them. Like oftentimes, especially, especially when you're a dad to a baby, 
Now he's two and a half. Like we go do stuff. We throw rocks in the water. He rides a bike, go to the skate park, right? That's awesome. I think that's easy for a lot of guys that I know to be like, fuck yeah, sign me up. Let's go to the skate park. I'm into that. Oh yeah. I'll get a new skateboard because my kid's two and a half down, right? <laughs> Being a concierge to a baby and a wife who needs your help is, that's, that's tough. I don't think you realize how selfish your life is until you put yourself really last on a daily basis. Mm. Um, giving up sleep is tough. And not a lot of people talk about the financial stuff around babies, about having babies, you know? Diapers, those things. Like whether you're scraping to barely put food on the table or you're comfortable, it, babies are expensive. And it's not a really cool thing to say, um, but that's like a metric that should be talked more about um i'm so wide-eyed and terrified yeah right you now. should yeah be. right and you Babies should are expensive. and you should be i guess that's the thing because maybe if you're so freaked out that you run the risk of being prepared then as a storyteller i've done my job you know mm -hmm. like i was freaked out and i think like i've been pretty dedicated to this little boy and my wife and so so but then let's talk about some positive things he's really cute he looks like me he's like this gangly wacky creature and he's like perfect yeah you know so like that stuff and like whether you are a 20 guy in your 20s and you interact with kids a lot or you don't at all and you're kind of freaked out by kids like it's cool to have your own kid like that's a cool thing oh yeah so did you know like when you wore jorts for 100 days oh yeah like that would did you know at that moment like okay i'm ready to be a father <laughs> i'm really glad we're talking about the jorts we you gotta th dive in you threw them on again today they're functional and they don't look good but it i mean once you have a once you live in the burbs like just throw your hands up you're done it doesn't matter um so <laughs> You're referencing a 100-day challenge. You're referencing a 100-day challenge that started in the winter, pre-COVID and pre-Black uh, Lives Matter, by the way, didn't start this year as a movement, but the world's attention is finally on it this year. But it feels like it started this year, okay, um, in some ways. But I did a 100-day challenge. I wanted to see if I could uh, not drink for 100 days, uh, being a product of Wisconsin, like a beer-drinking kind of guy. Yeah, that's a big deal. That was a challenge. Yep. Uh, drinking is not problematic, but it was just kind of like a health goal. Like, what if what if you got rid of the, a beer a day and you did nothing? Would you be super boring and maybe fitter or healthier? So that was a 100-day uh, experiment. Uh, jorts for 100 days. I didn't want to just take things out. So I was taking out um, single-use plastics, and I was taking out alcohol. And I was adding a somersault every day, meet a new person every day, and jorts every day. Um, in the wintertime, doing my daily run wearing jorts, totally fine. You put spandex underneath, it's kind of like just like a little bit warmer, kind of like near your grundle. Right. But like you could bring your phone in your back pocket. Like it's kind of nice, actually. Yeah. As the spring was upon us, the hot diaper of jorts running around out there. There was no chafing issues, in case you were going to ask. Mm. But it was very uncomfortable. Special shout out, and especially because I have no relationship to this brand. Uh, Revtown, R-E-V, Revtown. They make a functional pair of like slightly stretchy jeans for active people who like wearing jeans. And all three of my jorts that I cut for this 100-day challenge were made by Revtown. They had sent them to me like a slight influencer kind of thing years prior. Revtown. 
Yes. That's the reason I was able to make it. So I made it. I think um, the one thing that I thought would be the easiest of those five was meet a new person every day. And because of COVID, that was the one thing that I actually gave up on. Wow. Which is crazy because I interact with everybody. I, I always say I meet five to ten new people every day. Sure. Wow. But with COVID, I tried to keep it going like social distancing like across the street. I became a crazy person yelling to people across the street. Hey, hello. I'm doing a – hi. So I'm doing a hundred – it's a, do you have a minute? <laughs> and people were like, what the fuck is happening? As, as opposed to waiting in line at a cafe. Do you guys live right here? I see you're, you're wearing a Boston Marathon running jacket. That's cool. Yeah, you strike run? up conversation. Right. right. Within range, I'm great. Across the street, I'm a little bit scary. It's like that. Have you seen that uh, video of the dogs on the golf course and they're barking at each other? And it's like, hey, what's your name? <laughs> Terry. Fuck you, Terry. <laughs> hey, what's your name? Oh, phenomenal. But yeah, I can see why that'd be a challenge. So yeah, so that twenty foot range, not there. Twenty foot range, and I got one. I got one on that's on, good on social. Uh, our mailman Kit, who we became friends with. But yeah, and then someone was like, "Oh, you should do it digitally. Jump on Facetime. Facetime my mom." Oh, yeah, I, I, saw did, that. I did that for a little bit, but it was like. I don't know. It became a chore a little bit, you think? And then totally. And then it's not a little bit like, and then I was kind of like the way you kind of crush your day sometimes. Like I was like, okay, just, I'll do this one minute. What's your name? Cool. Where do you, oh, cause you're in Arkansas. Cool. I'll come and screenshot it. You ready? One, two, three. Okay. Bye. I wasn't loving that. Sure. Yeah. That's um, much. So then I, towards the end of the hundred day challenge, I thought about putting up a sandwich sign and just standing on the street being like, I'm doing 70. I'm doing 70 today. Busy. <laughs> Hammer them out. Hammer them out. Busy yeah. part of town. I'll get blown off by 70% of the people. But like I'll do, I'll be here for hours until mm-hmm. like, and that seemed a bit aggressive. So that was the one part I failed on: no alcohol, no single-use plastics. But the jorts you did. The jorts I did. Congrats! That's and huge. I think it's because they've worked their way into my um, wardrobe, regular wardrobe. Good. I have, I don't own, own a pair of jorts, but I want to own a pair. Yeah, I think you are trending in this direction. In this direction, I'm seeing 100%. my future self. Almost. I'm your future. Yeah, <laughs> just struggling to keep it real out here in the quiet burbs, rocking jorts that none of my neighbors think are ironic. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think like there are certain people in the burbs around here that like take a different road because they're like Brogan's going to try and talk to me again today, and I just I can't have it. Right I now. haven't thought of that, but um, but yes, absolutely. Well, because we're on this corner of this street that kind of does a U shape and comes back out to a little this horseshoe. street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then a little fun fact for those of you in the Excelsior, Minnetonka area, our house, and I can't overstress this. I can't overstate. Our house was the crazy, for 30 years, was the crazy Halloween house. The oh, big yeah. blow up, like big blow up, like uh, king size candy bars. Beyond, yeah. beyond. Oop. Like, um... Brought in extra power generators. Like, the cra- imagine the craziest Christmas house you've ever seen in mostly orange and black Halloween shit. Like, I'm talking 80 mannequins on the lawn. I'm talking, ev- like, I'm, it, you could see it from space. Mm-hmm. And so when I meet people in our neighborhood, they're like, oh, you're new. Cool. Where are you on uh, which street? And I just go, crazy Halloween house. And they go, like, they kind of freeze up. Like, it's like PTSD. They're like, almost like they're waiting for me to, like, tell them what I think of Halloween. So I like to I like to mess with people and be like, and luckily we're fanatics about the holiday as well. And then there's crickets, and I'm like, no, nah, I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's funny with this with this big um, with this big mural here. We um, we paid a new friend of ours um, to do the Karim Jim North logo and this mural, and he's done a, a bunch of really interesting work, um, especially. Uh, 
after George Floyd was killed, he was commissioned to do a couple of really important pieces, one on uh, Nicolette. But he, this is Black Days, at Black Days Art. Uh, definitely plug him, because you've seen his work, especially any of you younger folks that are living in and around the uptown area. He is that iconic cat face. And so I saw his work, and I, I, I DM'd him and said, you know, look, I want to buy some T-shirts from you. Sent a couple to my friends in New York City. But I don't want you to pay the shipping, so why don't you just come meet up? Meet up. Mm-hmm. And then that way, this elusive kind of Banksy-type artist has to kind of come to me in human form. There you right? go. I get to meet him. Fuck a t-shirt. I threw the t-shirts in the trash. I just wanted to meet a human. <laughs> there you go. No, so we became friends. And so he's, he's, um, he's come out and put up some quotes. And um, the reason I'm telling you that right now is that when my neighbors walk by, especially in the early morning hours when it's still dark out, this, this space glows. I mean, these lights are up. And so you'll see neighbors with their dogs kind of looking in. And they don't What's know. What's over here? Yeah. They don't know what to make of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not giving them much either. Good morning. <laughs> and they're like, that doesn't, that doesn't help. It doesn't explain All anything six, behind six it. Of you. Good morning. Hey. <laughs> like, I was left, like, you know, obviously this. <laughs> Bunch of ninjas in your neighborhood. Hi. Is that a, go- is that a labradoodle? What is that? Oh, that's so, you know, like moving on. Um, so slightly freaking people out. I am, I am always looking for dad friends. I want to start a group called the Dusty Dads here. And we, we were going to do it last week, actually, but it was a couple of the dads called out for different various dad reasons, so we're kind of putting it off. But you met my neighbor, Brent. Brent. I want to get him and a bunch of other dusty dads in here to work some probably movements with no weight, mm-hmm. just um, like sit, squat to a box, maybe some of the ring pulls, like just like some basic planking, push-ups from the knees, like basic stuff, to get these guys up and running and then release them to the wild like a month later to join the group here. Sure. Because they, they come by and they see this ninja stuff going on. They're like, fuck that. I'm not up to that <laughs> That's speed. a bit much. Right? <laughs> and so these dudes aren't like athletes that are out of their prime a few years. Like they maybe were never into it. So anyway, I, I'm always inspired by like trying to help somebody kick off the dust a little bit. Mm-hmm. That, okay. Or create some confidence. Create some confidence, like new experience. Like I believe in you as long as you can get here. You know what I mean? If you, right. if you sleep in, then I'm going to stop leaving. Just show up. There show you up. go. Because you were mentioning up. with November Project how you felt like it was veering towards this, the, the path of people look at it and they feel like they already they need to be a little bit athletic already. They should sure. join and be a part of this community. There needs to be an internal flame athletically already. Mm-hmm. And that's not what you want. You want it to be the everyday person being like, oh, these people are doing it. I feel I, I should be welcome. I can be welcomed into this community. Yeah. yeah. The, so you're kind of getting to the perspective of what it would like yep. the dads and seeing how how to bring them in. And that kind of just ultimately brings everything together. Well, and to have a conversation with a neighbor who's like, man, I'm intimidated by whatever the heck you guys are doing here. I think that dude represents six other dudes who I haven't yet even met that have seen this nonsense going off. 100%. That would probably crush when they got in here. Maybe the dusty dads, at least the, the training, the train, the training group just to build confidence. I think is interesting. Cause like you said, a lot of folks look at November project at first glance, they go, well, I got to get fit before I can join that group. And it's like, no, no, no. The process is the experience is man on day one. I couldn't really run all the way up that hill, but the, the third month I was able to run up half the hill. And by the end of my first year, I did my first half marathon like that to me. I love that story as opposed to like, I saw you guys. Then I went and joined crunch fitness, got on a treadmill a month later. I came like, I mean, if you got to do that, cool. But I like the idea of like, no, 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 we're going to do this together. Head first. We're going to do this together. And part of the experience is like the, and maybe we've never actually talked so directly about this, but like it's a beautiful exposing thing to see people trying and struggling. Like as much as I joke about the hearsay and we'll talk about what I heard a couple strangers say about the two of you one day randomly. 
But you get to know someone at like a core level by seeing someone, and you guys are both really fit, like struggle through something. Hanging off a bar, trying to figure out how to get that fifth rep. And I know it's broski, and I know it's jock life, and w- call it what you want. But like, I don't really need to know a lot more of those boring metrics. Where are you from? What do you do? What do you drive? Like those boring things we have to have on our business cards of life. But if I know what it looks like when you're really going for something, or you can turn to someone who you just met and say like, you got this Shira, I believe in you. Like to see you be that character teaches me about your character more than how you get your paycheck to buy your groceries. And so one of the things I'm really proud about about November Project, um, one of our kind of our customs, one of our things that we're proud of is that like you could go to November Project and get to know someone really, 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 really well through some really vivid experiences with weather and this idea of pushing through and connectivity and human contact and then find out what they do for a living. Right. Mm -hmm. Whereas most of the normal world, it's like, that's the first thing you ask or in the first five. Right. It just doesn't matter when you're all in shorts trying to get up the hill. Right. And so there's something really interesting about that where it's like, it's too early in the morning to, to, to care about your Tesla. It's too early in the morning to care where you transferred bus stations to get here. Just, it doesn't fucking matter. And if you slept in, it doesn't matter how fit you are. We love to say that there's a bunch of really great badass Olympians that are sleeping. And so right now, this mm-hmm. Joe right off the couch, this couch potato who's trying is beating that Olympian who's sleeping. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like to me, that's big stuff. So Dusty Dads, like as much as it's like a slight joke, it's like, no, those bros at 545, their half pull up is better than most everything that's going on in town because everyone's, they haven't started their engines yet. Like that to me is that is the stuff that keeps me coming back because I look being a division one athlete, being a division one coach, being a marathoner, being a Boston qualifier, like doing all these different things is like is it's become second to what does it look like when hey Bubba, hey Bubba, come here, hey, come here, Taco, hey Lumi, Bubba, who are these guys? Who are these guys? Hey Lumi, he is elmoed out. Look at him. That's, That's amazing. amazing. Hey, Good Bubba, for you, Bubba, brother. You come give daddy a kiss. Come give daddy a kiss. There he goes. Here, talk to daddy. I love his rec specs. Hey, what is this? Microphone. Microphone. Yes. Bubba, what's your name? Good work. What, what is it? Okay. Let's do this. Let's do this. What's the number of the day? Ten. Ten? And who's your favorite train? I know Nia. <laughs> he goes, I know Nia. Yeah. Okay. What's a, what's another train? Do you like Thomas? So doing the cute dad. He's got speed holes. He does. So we got these um we got these we my wife got these slippers yesterday. Elmo. Those are sweet. And we're in an Elmo phase. The other things we really like are what do you like? Do you like Sesame Street? Yeah. Who do you like on Sesame Street? I like Elmo. Elmo, and who else? I like Big Bird. Big Bird. Big Bird. There and, we go. Um, you got to have a kid. Have a kid. Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> have a kid. Have a kid. Have a kid. Have a kid. Um, let's, what else can I tell you about Lumi? Lumi sucks his thumb. Lumi uh, wears diapers. <laughs> he's like, yep. Pull-ups. He's an open book. Um, he's had In his life, he's had three haircuts. Nice. This is kind of a, a dad-created... Customer requested mohawk, faux hawk, grown hawk. 
Customer requested. Which Bubba, look at this. Can you turn, show him the back of your hair? Look at how long his hair is. That's called a mullet. Can, mm -hmm. you, say, can you say mullet? That's the mullet. <laughs> Bubba, can you say mullet? <laughs> mullet. Mowit. 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 Um, I have a mowit. And what else? Oh, the other thing that's important for listeners to know, uh, Lumi, his middle name, so L-U-M-I is his first name. The middle name is Cobra, mm -hmm. which Andrew, you and I spoke about, Cobra, yes. which we can talk about. And how old are you? Two. Okay, I'll Two. stop doing the microphone. Here, let's just, let's see if he can go to the mommy. Lumi Cobra. Lumi Cobra. Hey, Bubba, give these the guys man. a high five. Give them a high five. Thanks, yeah, Lumi. You're the man. Yeah. What a start to your day, Lumi. That is awesome. I love you. On, on his first ever podcast. That's, I love you too. Oh, come on. Oh, have, come on. Have a, have a kid. Have a kid. Have a kid. I'm not crying. I'm itching my eye, but if I wanted to start, no. Um, have a kid. Lumi. Lumi Cobra, Cobra Graham. Graham. So my name is Brogan Christopher Graham. Mm -hmm. Goldie is her real name. Middle name Sophia. Goldie Sophia Graham. Goldie Graham sounds a lot like Golden Grams, which is a cereal, right. which I think is a General Mills product. Is but, it General Mills here? Yes. Yeah, here in Wisconsin. I thought no, General Mills is here. They're here. Currently here. Yeah. Um, so Goldie Graham, Brogan Graham, Brogan Graham. I thought it would have been outrageous when we were naming our kid to name our kid like David. Yeah, what was like the John? I thought, I thought John would have been outraged. Trevor. This is our son, John. He'd get older and be like, what a ripoff. <laughs> what a joke. Way to play it safe, Dad. Yeah, what a sick joke. So, but, Seven but, other Johns in my class. <laughs> right, totally. Uh, John G. So um, Goldie and I had this like ongoing process for finding names. That was a little bit, I don't know if you have friends that have had kids. Um, the, um, the process looked like this. I would say to Goldie, hey. Next time we have dinner, like fucking every day or every other day together, like <laughs> like in a sit-down environment, Yep. I want you to come to the table with five, three to five names that you believe in a little or love. And I'll come with three to five. And then we kind of just say them and we kind of – that's a really good way. And then over a week or a month, that's, that's a good amount of names. She would come with zero or none – or zero or one that she was like really believed in. Mm. Meaning like she'd come with one that she want, she would die over. And then I would come with a hundred, right? That like I didn't rattling them off. <laughs> and um, hers were what I called Kanye names. <laughs> I want to hear these. <laughs> well, like you know Kanye, or, you know Jay -Z, Jay Z. Yeah, you know they've got these. You know his kid, Jay Z's got a kid named Blue. You know, Blue, and and Blue for, Ivy, right? Blue Ivy, what? Or Blue I Ivy is Ivy another one? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's. Just but but the the idea is like these outrageous characters in life they're they're Martians. Jay Z and Kanye are not living normal lives, so their kids should be named, you know, philan philanthropy, <laughs> West, or whatever. You know, this is my daughter, philanthropy. So some of the some of the um, Kanye names, she would look, she, my wife would turn to me and be like, "What do you think about Ocean?" And I'd be like, "Oh." And it's funny, the process is, the process is funny too, because when someone brings up a name, it's proof that they already believe in it at some level. Mm. And with Goldie, she's a passionate character, so she's like, I really think that's the one. And I'm like, look, I like creativity, unique shit. I get we're in San Diego. Totally. And live on the ocean. Well, and like our, nephew, <laughs> our nephew's name is Arrow. And my name's Brogan. So like, the, 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 we're starting from a weird place. Mm -hmm. And her name's Goldie. Her name's Goldie, so we're kind of, okay. And then I have, you have to find a polite way of being like, Ocean. Okay. Whoa. Huh. 
<laughs> I and then you, but you also don't want to say you like it because then you could start the wheels in motion. It's hard to reverse. So right. you're like, it's a lot of wasted time. <laughs> so then you say stuff like this is really fucked up, like side talk, like, how'd you, how'd you come up with that? It's really a origin to story. Totally. Yeah. I was in a sentence. <laughs> hey, ocean, take out the recycling. What is it? What is this voice? Who is this character? Hey, hey, ocean. Anyway. <laughs> So, so, oh, should put your pants back on. So, um, le- legend, legend was one. Legend, legend, legend. legend. Graham. Now, if your name is Legend and boy, girl, whatever, however you identify your pronouns, doesn't matter. Like your name, Legend, is pressure that is not fair. Mm-hmm. Unique, Brogan, Goldie, uplifting, kind of a fun name to say. Legend, you're gonna. You you're gotta, asking for it. Well, pal. it's just your your life's gonna be so. It's gonna be bad. It's going to be bad. Right. You just got to be able to take the shit on the basketball court when you miss like a three-pointer and you're out there and they're like, oh, so much for being a legend, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, you'll get that your whole life if you're just legend. You just, I I think it's too much pressure. You just can't play sports if your name's legend. Mm. Although LeBron did it. He was the king in high school and he became the king. By the way, do you guys care about NBA? Yeah. 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 Game five is tonight. Right. And I think. It's over, right? No, it's game like, five. Game, no, it's game. No, I'm saying it's going to be over after game five. Well, it's three to one, right? Yep. So LA is up three to one. They're in the bubble still. So when you're listening to this in years from now, the NBA is in a bubble in Orlando. So Los Angeles Lakers, which are living in a dorm on the Disney campus. Correct. As, as multimillionaire professional basketball, the best basketball players in the world are living in dorms in Orlando on a Walt Disney Mickey Mouse campus. And they're playing against uh, the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat with the Jimmy Butler team, which I, I'm actually really fascinated by that team. Me too. Where do you guys stand on uh, where do you stand on uh, LeBron? Are you guys anti pro? You don't care? So I grew up from uh, in Chicago. Okay. So I'm like Michael Jordan, cream of the crop. Yeah. But the, as time has gone on, LeBron is just he he puts me he he puts me in awe time and time again on the court. Yeah. I hate how he whines, but he's also just like the best leader ever. He creates a new team every year Isn't and he just, wild? he just makes it happen. And he always makes it the finals. It's living, incredible. living yeah. legend is an important piece. Yeah. Like seeing something like that. I was like watching Kobe, you know, it's like yeah. watching Jordan. I mean, I was young, but it, watching Jordan games, you're like, wow. I mean, it's hard to tell that we're watching something special, but, um, yeah, they're in, they're in a bubble right now. They're in a bubble. Anyway. So I think it's cool. I think, it, I think it takes this really like fancified sport, a fancified league of money and influence and sponsorships and visibility and privilege. And it boils it back down to where it all started to the YMCA. summer, summer league, you know, <laughs> yes. like AAU. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I've told myself this story and I don't know how true this is, but like a really good leader in a bubble situation, unlike anything they've dealt with in their pro career, a really good leader would be like, all right, let's lock in this. Let's lock into this. Mm-hmm. This is, these are the parameters. Let's effing go. And that's, yeah. well, that was LeBron. And to a T. Yeah. So, yeah. so anyway, I, uh, I almost wore it for this interview, but I have a Kurt Rambis jersey. You know who Kurt Rambis Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have a Kurt Rambis jersey, so I've, I've been wearing that. And I actually, to be honest with you, as much as I love the Jimmy Butler thing, I hope LeBron wins tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to happen. I, I'm a big Nuggets fan. I loved how the Nuggets played throughout the entire playoffs. I think that was true. That was the peak playoff NBA basketball was when the Nuggets were on. I agree. So much fun to watch that team compete. It was unbelievable. Um, my buddy in, in D.C. got – he. During that series, he went out and bought a uh, Jokic or Jamal Murray Jokic jersey. Jokic, yeah. I'm gonna buy a Jokic jersey here. Yeah, have to. But I, I will say though, if you have too many like, and not that a Jokic jersey is a jokey jersey, 
but it's like it's kind of a little bit. I it's it's an interesting choice. It's a hack. It's it's, it's a, a hack one it's in the statement. NBA culture. It's a it's a statement for sure. Yeah, it's a hack thing outside of the the hardcore NBA culture. Right, and then no one will recognize it outside of that realm, which is just like average person walking. Right, the right, right. But you wear the jersey for the dedicated NBA fan because if I see someone else with a Jokic jersey. I'm I'm going out of my way to tell him nice Jokic jersey. 100%. Because that automatically makes the connection. That's the only kind of connections I'm trying to make. Me too. Me too. Right? Me too. The 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 niche Speaking of the mic by the way. The niche Thank like you, the niche damn. Mhm. Mhm. Yes. And that's the way that's the way the Kurt Rambis is. A lot of people look at the Kurt Rambis and they see Lakers iconic, yellow iconic and they see the 30 number 31 and they're like Hmm. Is that Odom? Odom, what, what was, that, was that? Nick Van Exel? Who are we? And then they kind of and 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 Lakers jersey in itself, especially in the Midwest, that's a bold statement. Just wearing a Lakers jersey is a bold statement mm-hmm. anywhere in the world. Yep. So to kind of peep the back, or if or a really rare occasion, I used to train at uh, Kingfield, which is a, a former CrossFit space in Uptown, and I wore it to a workout just to kind of test the water. And this coach Carl, uh, really cool guy, he's a great runner. He spotted it from the door. He goes, "Nice Rambus jersey." And I liked Carl. Like, I liked him a little. I didn't have many interactions. But I was like, well, we're fucking friends then. That's it. <laughs> do you have any other? Do you have any? Do you own jerseys? I feel like guys yeah, that are 24 I, I got own. my most niche jersey is um, a Doug McDermott Creighton jersey. Whoa. It's the first jersey I actually ever purchased. Like, do you ever buy the Chinese jerseys? Did you ever do that a couple years my ago? My brother just got into that, but they never show up. Oh, really? He's oh. dropped a couple hundred bucks and like still no jerseys. Yeah, I got a Michael Jordan Washington bullets. I got a, uh, and then this Doug McDermott Creighton jersey. Those are my two favorite. Ooh, um, Washington. I think it's a Washington one. One of the jerseys my brother is waiting on, which is a gift to me, is a. I think it's a bullets, number three minute bowl. Mm. Mm. So if that comes through, that's some serious that's length. fun. Bootleg or not, like yeah. when that comes through, that's like you, they got to take that's a big a, deal. That's a big weekend. Very big. <laughs> that's like you put a whole weekend. Well, around yeah, that. you call the dry cleaner and let them know that you're going to be coming each day for three days. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be an important week weekend. Um, let's see what else. I you know. you, wait. Have you always had like this vibe to you with like your style, your Steve's? outfit? Yeah. Uh, because the first time we met you was at Embrace North. I don't know if we've mentioned that on this podcast yet. But when you showed up, you were Funk you were a walking highlighter. Yeah. Uh, okay. And and, and, and you got out of the and you got out of the 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 the, uh, the ice bath early. I remember it. You said, "Nope, can't do it. It's on camera. I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna send it to you." Well, we also mentioned it was so bad. It was bad. We I poorly represented. What were you gonna say? You dress in. Uh, costumes. Yeah, you. To, you to an Halloween's extent. every day. Not for you. In, in the best of way. Yeah. Right. You're dressing up, and it's got full fit. Uh, <laughs> it's calculated. It's head calculated. to toe. Yes. I think it's um. I think it comes from a place of like um. And I was talking to my brother. I only have one sibling. He's two years older. Dan Graham, and he does the same thing, which is like what you, Dan, and then they went with Brogan. I know. Wow. They were like, is he pissed about that or? Uh, I think he feels fine with it. He's the eldest, so he's kind of like trying to pave his way through life. Okay. Dan's a good piece of armor for yeah, like normal. It's good rock. Sure. Okay. Whereas with me, I got a bunch of confidence just by having a bodyguard my whole life. <laughs> so he might as well right. name me whatever. Back into the mic. Philanthropy. Yeah, speaking of the mic. So um, 
Uh, let's see. Uh, so anyway, we both dress that way. I think it, I think it comes from, and like I don't uh, identify with any specific religion, uh, but our parents did take us to church a lot when we were younger. And so this idea of like having to put on nice outfits for mm. church or Sunday school or something, or like having to wear your scout shirt tucked in. Like anytime there was a having to wear, I felt like they needed to be balanced out. So like in my life professionally, there isn't really a reason to like put on the polo. Do you know what I mean? So right. like I, I, and my brother's a teacher, he doesn't get to do this as much. Like go weird with it, especially when it comes to bold colors, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then in San Diego, everyone kind of just, just whatever anyway, no one's yeah. really wearing shoes there, you know? Like, so, um, the question was, have I always dressed? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think so. Between my, my co-founder Boyan, his name's Boyan. Uh, he's a little bit more sport. Like he looks like he's like, he looks good. Cool. Mm -hmm. Like he's a fitness guy. And then I look kind of like a maniac. It's a little bit of that, like, um, big boy and Andre 3000. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Which, by the way, podcast rec, uh, broken record interview. Rick Rubin interviews Andre 3000. It's phenomenal. I, I'm like, I'm, I'm really into it. Uh, one of the most confident seeming characters, Andre 3000, just talks a lot about self-doubt and creativity. I think it's really a good one. You know, you brought up, it's good they bring creativity back up because um, when you mentioned earlier about how uh, the COVID times made everybody kind of wipe their uh, clean slate. slate. Just go start with a clean slate again. Yeah. I think that is the best thing to do with uh, the creative process. Like if you're constantly creating stuff, you're always starting with the clean slate no matter what. And it's, it's your accountability to yourself to start with that clean slate. Like if you have something you want to design, you want to clear slate at least six times to get six different angles at what you're trying to create or with your marketing or with your next event or whatever. Like you should always the, the best creation, in my opinion, comes from the clean slate. Oh. And so that reiterative process that we always do, it felt no different just doing it in a different medium. And that's why I think you've had so much success with November Project just in, in its own physical form. But then you just took that same creative process and put it in a different medium. And it, did, it, surpri it surprised you still, which was awesome. I appreciate you saying that. It was really nice. I think um, the idea of clean slate can be pressure to some and it can be very like fucking lick your chops exciting to others you know and i think it says a lot about a person when you say oh yeah you got to do this now with masks or you can't host a workout unless it's digital or six feet of distance or do it with the lights out you know what i mean like to, mm -hmm. to, to throw parameters some people see those as barriers let's give up and some people see those as hurdles like let's fucking let's see if we can do it just as fast let's you know make I mean? it work exactly that's the babysitter um the close thing the north clean slate um clean slate creativity uh, oh, I want to mention one thing on the creativity piece. I was talking to one of the leaders uh, of the Boston group. And Boston's one of the biggest cities. Some of their Wednesdays, they'll get five, six, seven hundred 700 people at a workout and uh, at the Harvard Stadium on Wednesdays. Um, this is pre-COVID. Pre and I was having a conversation with Emily yesterday um, about this idea of the clean slate and trying things. And even, and this is an important one, People talk about creativity and then they don't talk enough about execution. Execution is not as sexy. Let's just make up some fucking ideas. I'm creative. Let's create. And then like, I don't know, someone else will do them. Sexy needs to be the execution, right? And then there's one, and it never will be, right? Mm -hmm. Casey Neistat, a filmmaker that I absolutely admire, talks a lot about like, I don't care how many ideas you have. What did you execute? Creative people that bring something across the line. It, it doesn't even have to be as good as your wildest ideas. Just make some of them come to life. And then... 
to me, there's one step further into less sexy, less credit. But I think people that are listening to this that are creators or that want to try stuff or want to keep what a lot of people would call banging their head against the wall on the same thing. I think there's an interesting way to twist things, especially these days, which is this idea of failure Mm -hmm. in a space where the human, the human condition, the human experience often creates a dark space where a failure attempt existed. Right? So if you set out to set a podcast and the first 10 episodes are terrible and it was way more work than you thought and you quit, you're probably not a year or maybe in the rest of your life going to start a podcast again, right? Because you've mm-hmm. created this like, no, I know what it is. No, right? Um, and Emily and I spoke a lot about that where it takes guts. And she spoke about one of her favorite teachers said she'd try anything three times. That was her line. I'll try anything three times. This idea of like, oh, that sucked the first time. Let's just make sure we got it. Oh, it was really bad. You know on the third time of trying something. And I think that takes guts to go back to something that didn't work out and say, let's change it 1%. Let's keep working on this because I believe in the future of what could be here. Um, my co-founder and I were invited to this thing. This is a, this is a subtle brag, but it, it's, it fits in to this rapid prototyping fitness thing that was happening in San Francisco where we were creating the future of a fitness festival. And we were working with these really intense, smart people about like, how would you churn through 40,000 runners at a finish line to make it interesting and different? And we had this idea of like a walk through shower where privacy and with, but you kind of were on a conveyor belt and all this shit, like if money were no object. So rapid prototyping is this process of like just making stuff up and everything is yes. And how do you build it? Just like out of tinfoil so you can present it. And um, one of the dudes in the room was the guy who created Google glass. Remember Google glass. Yep. And Google glass for people that are a little bit in the tech world was a failure. Because it didn't sell, right? It didn't, you don't have one. You, it didn't become the thing. It didn't become as popular as the iPhone. So we're still using these handheld phones that are not connected to our faces yet, right? And this guy stands up. I wish I knew his name. Very cool dude. Very soft-spoken and makes you really lean in when he speaks. And he spoke about, he spoke about these dark spots. So it's really sexy to talk about creative people. We create creative ideas. Just let's talk. Let's brainstorm, right? Okay, less sexy as execution. Very, very much less sexy. And what takes courage is going back to something that didn't necessarily work and trying it again. Mm-hmm. So you bring up a great point, and this is an awesome transition. Segway? To the, what the average quality is. It takes guts to go back to something that you're not great at and try it again only for the idea that you can get 1% better. But you do it because you care about it. Right. Right. And that is ultimately why I love being in a creative space. And I believe that is like, correct me if I'm using this word wrong, but the penultimate, like being in creative spaces is my life end goal. Like just continuously pushing myself to be creative. It's your home. It's my home. Elon Musk was talking about this on Joe Rogan, how people are going like the, the people that go into become lawyers or go into wall street are moving the needle in a direction that we don't need to move the needle in. Those brilliant minds, yep. they don't need to, they shouldn't be there. They should be in creative spaces because that is what ultimately is going to help the whole culture strive to be better or give an opportunity to create a product that's going to make culture yep. better. Yep. And to have the ability to sit around and talk creatively and then um, have someone like Declan who wants to execute on these creative ideas is it's incredible. Yep. And that's why I continue to vibe and continue to push the needle with back pocket. 
Um, and but we're not we're not great at it. We we fail many times. Totally. And, you're and, you're lucky you didn't show up to the first uh, time we tried to record outside. <laughs> right. Like, you're, we're like so thankful you never showed up. <laughs> not only because it was a crazy time in our world, but also like we Failed. sucked at yeah. trying to record live in right. a spot that wasn't in our studio. And now, but now look where you are. Now this is like. It's 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 something that's in your toolkit. It's not perfect. It's different every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so many adjustments. Per we were day. like slightly buzzed at 10:30 p.m. last night. You know, knowing that we had to wake up early to come here, and, but we needed all the equipment and stuff. Like Andrew and I are like with our eyes closed, put all packed everything, put it in two bags, brought, brought it here. We didn't miss it. We didn't miss a beat. I love that. But it doesn't come without failure and learning and exactly. growing a little bit. And that's ultimately why Declan and I are two wildly average guys who have an extraordinary passion to hear the stories for, across from us. Yeah. And we tag ourselves as average guys because trial and error, ebbs and flows, strikes and gutters. You, we're always going to learn. We're always going to grow. We're average. But we're going to look at that as an ability to be like, okay, I'm, I'm humble enough to look at I have, I have a lot of flaws, but I'm going to get a little bit better, and I'm going to care about it. Um, so, Brogan, I'd like to ask you, what yeah. is your average quality? What is something you care about that you're trying to get a little bit better at every day? Um, what do you have the guts to keep going back to? I think um, I think this idea of bringing people together um, on a half idea, mm. bringing people together on a rough draft, rallying around something that you're willing to show isn't finished. Karim Jim North is a great example for anyone that ever gets invited to this thing. We stand in a circle. I talk about a workout. It's too fucking early. It, it, it mostly makes sense. And then it's more of the experience. But I keep going back to the vehicle is the thing that's on the invite. The vehicle, in my case, so often is fitness. I've hosted dumb events in poetry, in show and tell, in um, you know picking up trash, in, in um, touring graffiti throughout the city on foot or by bicycle. Like, but the commonality of everything that I do is an attempt to bring people together. Now being a new dad or new dad, being a dad, you just have less times like the times you have sitting around shooting the shit, chopping it up with some of your friends. You just don't have that. So if you become more efficient, you can see people that you like and that you are friends with or new friends with check off the workout, bring people together and have that vibe. It gives me my COVID fix that I'm missing from people. It gives me a physical outlet and it keeps me connected socially. Like those, those are the things that I'm going to keep trying. Um, wearing a mask at five in the morning in the burbs in a garage with like music that's not even really on that loud because my wife is just 10 feet above us sleeping. Like it, sh- it doesn't really make sense. And November Project doesn't make sense. And the average quality of November Project is like the workouts aren't that special. You know, we, early on in Boston, we said we call the workouts the shit your grandfather would respect because it's 60 minutes sometimes 45 early days. It was more than 60 minutes. Just run up the hill. (laughs) And at the top of the hill, you're going to turn around and go back down to the bottom of the hill. And when the time is up, we'll be done. You know what I mean? Like in a world of fitness where it's like, people are talking so much about like, no, I do spin. No, it's like evolution. It's always, there's always something new. I like the bare bones. I like the simple stuff. So for a personal level, I'm going to stay committed to whatever place I live in. Southern California, back to the Midwest. I used to be an East Coast guy. One commonality of my life is just like, I'm going to rally people. Mm. 
I'm not a trainer. I'm not a, I'm not a CrossFit coach, but we're doing stuff in here with kettlebells and the crack of dawn with November project. We're going to keep pushing forward. People used to say that we were crazy. We used to talk about world takeover and how we we're going to be in cities all over the world. People used to laugh at us and 52 cities later, I think there's something to this magic of bringing people together. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I think I need to mention that it's not because we had a master plan. It was luck with timing. I'm blessed with all these insanely passionate leaders that do this thing. They build it every next Wednesday. So my average quality is I'm just a guy that got lucky to, to keep going to this thing that people thought had value early days. And then so many really great people took it and ran with it around the world. How rewarding is it to have something that people find like a ton of value in? We were talking about this last night with bio and how when someone tells you like, hey, like he's a rapper, when he, he talks about the first times when he started putting out his mixtapes and his projects that uh, when that one person would come up to him, like they didn't even know, hey, dude, just listen to your new song. That was dope. And he was just like, wow, that is a fuel source that I've never even experienced before. You, in your case, you have people in the masses showing up to Har the Harvard Stadium uh, because they want to be, and because they, there's, there's value there. What is that? What is that feeling like to be able to start something like that? Um, and grow so big. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, it's hard to explain. You know, one of the things that we do for like a, it's like a brand, it's like a backwards branding play is that we spray paint shirts that say November project on them. And you can only get one if you are a part of the group. And it's like a lot T totally, totally. And, and the idea of, um, Hey, can you paint one for my brother-in-law who lives in? No, no. Why isn't your brother-in-law here? You know? So this, it's like an earned thing. And um, I used to patrol the streets of Boston on foot or on a bike or whatever, and I would know every single person, whether they were running, walking, whatever. And if they had a spray-painted shirt, good chances I knew them and their name. And now I can be in a lot of different cities in the United States and see someone running in that spray-painted shirt, and they don't know who I am. I don't know who they are. Wow. And, and it, it is wild. To answer your question, it's wild. That's wild. That's wild. A stencil that I made out of those little sticky numbers on the uh, this back to school aisle and the CVS, mm. those little sticky poster yeah. things. You kind of put them all together so it's one connected November project. Okay, and we didn't have the, the kit was old, so we didn't have any E's left. So if you look at November Project's logo, it's we used the threes, <laughs> right? So those are threes that are backwards, right? November Project. Wow, no, I do see that. Like, no way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and like, and and so little things like that, like. Um, I've gotten to travel the world from this thing. And, and this might be the most proud thing about it is that we're to a point now where the chest beating and the intensity and the fuck yeah and the just show up and kind of like the, the rude way in which we shook people into falling in love with November Project, that wouldn't work now. The, the world has changed now. It's a different place now. Inclusivity, language, um, holding a safe space, um, uh, understanding the privileges of the people that are leading the diversity or lack of diversity in leadership. Like those things all matter now. And we were just saying world takeover. We were just saying like, we're doing this right in Boston, like show up or don't show up. Like you're missing out. Like it's really like one way street. I'm really privileged to be learning from young leaders now about what this thing can be and should be, you know? And so like, I don't know. I think a lot of people move off to the burbs and they, they kind of, they slow their growth as a, as a global citizen. And I'm really lucky to be still like really in the mix. You're very outward looking. Even outward facing. And I outward think, facing. And that's actually important, an important point. Like November Project as a community in each city, as well as globally, they point outward. 
They come in, have this 60 minute experience, and then they go out into the world and they are going to talk about it. It's like, you're, it's like your loyal listeners. It's like they're out there doing the posting for you. <laughs> doing the good work. Doing the good work. As an so. outward facing person, you're, you're taking a lot in. Uh, pressure becomes stress probably relatively quickly and anxiety can rise because you're seeing the whole picture. Sure. What do you keep in your back pocket to help you overcome these situations, whether it's with November Project, whether it's with being a dad, um, raising a family now, you're in the burbs. What do you hold in your back pocket as broken? Um, to follow to follow my gut and to keep those who have always been kind of on speed dial metaphorically on speed dial did i just answer your question with like you know stay connected to people who can help you answer stuff maybe i mean what do i keep in my back pocket well i think i think what you said there to start uh trusting your gut uh we hear all these different variations of that sure but ultimately it's being you is what you hold in your back pocket most sure is kind of the theme we keep touching on with each guest and i think it's the coolest thing is like when pressure is really stress and when you're like so uncomfortable that it's it's painful the the best way to overcome these situations is being yourself sure because uh, at that point that's all you have and the best part is everyone's a different everyone is their own self right everyone has all these different experiences that make up who they are so that's why it makes every answer unique and there's usually stories tied to it and there's reasons why they found their what's in their back pocket or found themselves but at the end of the day like you're 287 Right. And we know that we, what we've, what we found is there's just commonalities every single time. Oh yeah. No matter what. I got to imagine a lot of your guests are like saying different versions of the same thing. I mean, if they're people that you pick to put on, I mean the, um, the only other thing I would add to that is don't fear change, you know? And I know that's a little bit cliche, but, um, when something's really working, we create this narrative of let's keep it going and not take wrong turns or F it up, right? So that's a created pressure. Um, in that podcast that I, I sent to you that I spoke of earlier, the host talks about this excitement that we have when we watch a movie and there's some turmoil or a negative or a, or a wrong turn in the story for the main character. As a, as a fan of this story that you're watching, you lean in and say, I can't wait to see what happens next. Right. And so if you can live your life and this is something that, something I tell myself often, especially when you're unsure of the next thing or the next opportunity or like where things are going to say, yeah, it's going to be part of this great story. I can't, I can't wait, wait to see what happens next, dude, as yeah. opposed to like fearing the future or fearing the uncertainty or fearing change. It's like, I can't wait to see what happens next. And not every part of that movie is great. And not every part of that character's experience is good. But throughout these stories, it all adds up to the experience. I know that's a little bit cheesy. No, but I, dude, I subscribe to that 100% because, like, that's literally the life I'm living right now. Yeah. And now you get, and the, the cool part about, like, the what, I can't wait, wait for what happens next is, like, you're in control to some degree of the, the things that are around what happens next. Like, right. for me personally, having to be relocated out of nowhere to now Tempe, Arizona. Yep. And now I'm like, I'm getting the vibes of like, I'm, I'm just getting like super antsy. That was one of my questions earlier, you know, three years at uh, new balance and he quit and just went November project full time. Like I'm trying to figure out when that's going to make sense for me. I'm going to probably, it'll probably be the door will open. And I'll be able to walk through it. 
but that's my anxiety is always like, how can I, how can I escape? How can I go? So my next step, when I figured this out for the first time, it was like, I can't wait for the movie to release. I can't, I'm so here for it. Right, right, right. And what it's going to be is when I, when I move all my stuff out of here, out of Minnesota, I'm buying a like 20 foot long camper van truck, pseudo truck camper van deal. If you look up like a Toyota Dolphin, that's kind of what I'm going for. Oh, I know the vehicle. And I'm going to live out of that. And I'm going to drive. I'm going to just be on the road for however long I need to be until I can save up enough money to then just drop ship and go. Ugh. To be 20. I can't wait. What happens next, dude? So sick. So like I said earlier, don't have a kid. (laughs) Um, No, that's so cool. I can't wait to see what happens next. A lot of entrepreneurs struggle with that. Like, when do I take the leap? It's not, not, not everything's lining up. How do I know when to go all in on the podcast? How do I know when to quit my job? How do I know that like, and I think if you can, even if it's just tricking yourself into thinking positively or to think of this narrative of, I can't wait to see what happens next. I think it gets, it gets some of those stresses and pressures and like worries to disappear actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It kind of just makes you accept and be. Yeah. Cause you're going to run out of gas and the dolphin vehicle. That's like such this dream. It's going to break down at yeah. least a couple times Yeah, and you'll be in tough spots and those will be your best stories. Like let's remind ourselves like the most like intense out there, like on paper kind of shitty moments mm-hmm. are our best stories. Mm-hmm. Which by the way, leads me to another good story. I need to tell. Because I feel like they might be listening. And this doesn't fit into the back pocket. I don't know if we're trying to land the plane, but i got to tell this before the end of the thing. Go ahead. Um, I got to know Declan a little bit better than Andrew, uh, kind of early days. So, like you said earlier, and we didn't get too far into the story, we met at Embrace North. Embrace North, all these dudes are kind of yelling and screaming. They're doing a workout, then a breathing exercise on the ice on Cedar Lake, and then they're getting in the water. And they do this every week, up to their necks, in the cold water. My wife and I were pretty fresh from San Diego. It was definitely our first winter in the last five or six years. And we got in for like five seconds and jumped out. And it was not cool. We looked real bad. We showed up pretty poorly. Y'all were in there for 10 minutes. I, I did regain it. I got back. I came back for the weeks, whatever. Yes. But I, I connected with Declan because he's kind of like a little bit more of a like uh, uh, immediate character as opposed to Andrew who's a little bit more of like an immediate gentleman. You're both good guys. But like you're, there's a show here, and this is like, <laughs> like I, I, you know, you take this one home to meet your dad. There right? you go. <laughs> and like that's maybe so over time you would win that, and then you're also probably wacky. But like that's first impression. So we connected right away, um, and we were exchanging videos and trying to figure out how we could do this. And so it's really cool that it's happening. And then what's cool about this, Karim Jim North, is that you and I have become friends through your participation here right. over the last month. So cool. But my story is about how you and I were exchanging videos, trying to figure it out. My wife and I are living in Uptown. We used to walk around the Lake of the Isles all the time. And if you're listening to this, there's these two, let's say, 25-year-old blonde women. And I heard you say, this is a direct quote. I'm walking on the Lake of the Isles with my wife and my kid. And I pass this couple going the other way, these two women, and I hear them say, yeah, Declan and Andrew are so fit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is a true story and that's the end of the story right? <laughs> but I turned to my wife and I was like did you hear that Declan and Andrew are so fit she really leaned into the so she spent some time there so fit and then the other girl was like yeah I know and like that, but then they kind of like they, they, they were out of earshot 
Declan and Andrew are so fit. It was like, so then the joke became with you guys that you are paying actresses just to walk around town saying nice stuff about you. Drive the van around. Get up, go, 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 go. Now go, go, go. Now this, this week we're saying, wow, isn't the back pocket a great educational podcast to listen to <laughs> once a week? Right? Every Tuesday. And it happens to be like these beautiful characters. Really good casting, by the way. Twilight Zone. Declan and Andrew are so fit. And it's not Brian and Tim. It's not Kevin and Andrew. It's not Andrew and you know Steve. Declan. Declan and Declan. Andrew. So anyway, mm -hmm. I had to tell that story because I was blown away and it was like small world type shit. And congrats because I guess you're so fit. Right. Supposedly. Yeah. Supposedly. That video was priceless. So yeah, then I sent yeah. Declan a video that was like, you will not believe this. <laughs> I ran into your marketing team. <laughs> your, your guerrilla marketing. Your street team. My street team. Well, exactly. We, we had the same type. The video ended, and we had the same type of thing. That's it. That's the story. When we looked at each other, that's it. That's you, it. It was Declan and Andrew are so fit. And then you hit, like, hit end on the, on the video. And we just... <laughs> <laughs> Well, because that's how you, I mean, that's how we were communicating for the longest time was short films. You were sending me one minute long Instagram DMs and I'm like, no, that really sends me just like a one minute long video. So I just responded back totally. the same way. I loved the vibe. I think it's, I think for me, it's the best way to communicate personality, vibes, character, jokes, whatever. But because everyone's busy, mm -hmm. it's like an, it's like a consume when ready type thing. Yes. I call them short films as opposed to like text videos, short films, because it implies that there's some thoughtfulness going on. So if you're listening to this and you, there's someone in your life that like, you're like, I haven't talked to him for a while during COVID. It feels like a lot to just reach out and catch up. And it's like an hour long conversation. I keep avoiding calling. I should, I owe them a call. Send them a short film. Just do it today. Hey, thinking of you, look right in the camera. Don't look at yourself. Everyone knows you're looking at yourself. Look into the eye of the camera and send them a short film today and thank me later. Andrew's dad does it to us every Monday. Oh, really? He sends us the, if you watch our Instagram stories on Mondays, he sends us a, just a text with the video, one minute, one take, and he just says what's in his back pocket that week. And you put some of this content on, I think. I yeah, think we I've put it on it. our mm -hmm. story. You have a young dad. Uh, 55. Yeah, that's awesome. Yep. 55. Dude, guys, I'm, I'm going to be there pretty soon. That's 17 years older than me. 18. Yeah, you're 13 years older than us, 14 years older than us. Yeah, yeah. Have a kid. No, one, <laughs> kid. Uh, one thing I think, and I, I got to imagine a lot of your viewers are, are male. Or listeners? No, we're like 56 male. 40. Okay. But still, that's pretty, that's, I mean, that's. A, Lean's male. Lean's, Lean's male. male. I have this joke that if all men, straight, straight men got together and shared their uh, cutest, most successful Valentine's Day dates, ideas, that we would achieve world peace. Mm. Meaning, I just don't think there's enough dudes being like. You know, like, I'm not saying you guys are locker room type kind of high five bros. I'm not saying that. But I don't think a lot of guys that I run into are like, hey, you know, a really nice thing to do for your wife. You know what I mean? And I think more of those conversations can, like, move us forward as dudes. So if you listen to this. So what's, like, a good thing to, like, what do you got for us? If we're going to if we're gonna uh, conquer world peace here. You want me to tell you about a good Valentine's Day? Yeah. Well, it was for a girlfriend and I didn't marry her. So that's a little bit hot. Um, but it worked like in the moment it was like your half idea worked. You executed. Yeah. Well, that was a break into a pool after a, like a picnic. She didn't even know we were kind of on a date. And then it's like, here's the pic. Oh, that backpack is actually full of our, you know, the cute wine bottle, that whole thing. Yeah. And then it was like, let's see if this hotel rooftop is open. I'm not, I don't stay at this hotel. And she, she had no idea that I knew that there was a pool up there and that in my jacket, I had already gotten from her roommate, her bikini. 
That's cool. So it's like, oh my God, how do we get up here? I wish we had swimming suit. Oh my God, you have my swimming suit. That was pretty epic. I thought that was pretty epic. That's sick. Because then you're not doing that suggestive, like, let's skinny dip only choice. Right. Do you know what I mean? That's a little bit aggressive. That's a little much. Right. You handed the bikini. She smacks it out of your hand. (laughs) Thanks for the offer. Well, it's like, no, (laughs) you're like, here, I'll turn away, right? You're like, you do the whole thing. Yeah. And then, and then, Cannonball. Kate Jones. Kate Jones, if you're listening. <sighs> Just give a good quick sigh for Kate Jones. <sighs> Kate Jones. <laughs> Come on, Kate. That was an epic date. <laughs> Never forget, dude. Never forget. A lot of planning. Inexpensive, so, too. Okay. So it's just yeah. like, I mean, I feel like a, the key to a good like date, regardless, is just like putting some good thought and half ideas towards it. Mm-hmm. Just like making it work, you know? It's easy to... It's easy to come up with like a dinner date and just like get away with it, you know, because it's more about the conversation and the yeah. dialogue than it is the experience. But and if you like go that far, where you're like, let me kind of throw something at the table and make it work in some instance, those and then get them to scramble a little bit. Like I kind of now have this um, almost rule or requirement. Like if I find a significant other before I um, before I like propose. I got to take them to a point where they're going to be mentally challenged. Yeah, like, you I want to ta- take them like to the top test. of 14er, but like, don't tell them that we're like maybe, or a good, like a 14er or like if they go skiing with me and they have you know enough skills, I'll just be like, yeah, we're going down a nice green and I'm going to take them down the hardest run without right. them knowing. I want to see them in a, in a tough moment before and see how we interact before I ever say yes or no. I like that you're saying, so in your mind, she's also going to propose to you. I love that whole story. Correct. Got it. But then, okay, so being the elder... Theoretically. Being the elder elder statesman here then, because I can imagine you would settle for nothing less than a bold character, which it sounds like you're holding a gauntlet test for a bold character, which I respect. They're going to have to show their boldness at that point. Great. This is Declan's potential wife. What's she doing to test you? Like, what's her version of the ski run thing? Can't wait. Right? I'm here for it. Right? I can't wait. That, but that's, that's how you find her, right? right? That's how you find her. Well, that was the thing with Goldie. When I met Goldie, I was just like, I, I felt like, um, and this is a cheesy thing to say, but it was like, I was like, I, I have to, I might not marry her if I, if I don't, like, I got to move quick on this deal. Somebody's going to marry this great person. Mm. I, like, we're, we're going to, uh, what do you say? Um, what's that thing that people say, like, um, like locked it down or whatever, or like, you know, put a ring on it, that put kind, a ring of, on that it. kind of mm. thing, you know, it's like, that was a real vibe for me of like, I, I need to marry this person. Wow. Yeah. And I also didn't believe in marriage. I also thought I was never going to get married or have kids. Wow. So watch, watch. When did, what year was that? Like all through my twenties. That's fair. Yeah. I got married at like 31. That's so smart though. Like, you know how many people that are our age that are getting married right now? Are you leaving? Goldie, you're heading out. Can I do a little housekeeping wife thing right now? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Nice. Sweaty. Sweaty. <laughs> nice. 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 Don't make the bed. Where are you going? Can you come stand right here for one second? We want to feature this outfit. Yeah, what? wow. Do a little spin. No. That is a vibe. Look at this. That's a, <laughs> fake, straight jeans. That's a fake boob pin. What? High-waisted. Come on. <laughs> you're, I know you're a big fan of shoes. I love your shoes today. Love, come on. Give me Those a kiss. Those are phenomenal give, shoes. Give me a kiss. In front of the guys. I didn't think Content. it was like a video thing. Oh, yeah. We're a video podcast. You guys are a video thing, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, and the helmet. Bikes in the car. Too. Bikes in the car. Hey, bye, Goldie. Great to see you again. So just so you know, Andrew's been at our house. Yeah, I told him I didn't want to go long, and of course that's like that's like when you say like on a big weekend, like let's go chill on Thursday, chill night Thursday. It's yeah, like, that's always the epic night. Yeah, of course. Um, Andrew's been at Crim Gym North like almost every morning for the last month. This dude yeah. came for the very first mm-hmm. time, yeah. and like you're surprised, like I didn't know we were doing content. This cat pretty much shot the workout this morning. It feels yeah. like this brand new Canon. You yeah. were you're just right there. Yeah. When we were finishing the run, we saw the light go on, and yeah. one of these dudes was like, "She's up, she's up, <laughs> she's up." I saw, yeah. I literally hear you guys. It's an issue. Yeah. I mean, it's not an issue because it wakes me up naturally, but I hear the bass, and somebody dropped a kettlebell. I did. That was me, that was bro. Me. I did. I did. I apologized out loud verbally <laughs> for it. Is that you? Sure. I knew I knew I rumbled and then but then just don't don't feel too bad because because then oh, I went up stairs and I, I went to you were sitting up drinking a cup of coffee and I said oh, we should figure something out because it's probably you know and you go no I kind of like it I kind of like because it wakes me up and I get to drink coffee okay good yeah yeah and, and just saying uh future dad move yeah. and uh, so I, I dropped it and I verbally apologized yeah. and then I let it down yeah. and then I went over to check the monitor <laughs> yeah he did yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. But, but he does get, that's an important point though. Like if you're, if you're going to wake one of the two up, it's pretty close, but I think you'd, I think Goldie's a safer bet than waking the kid up. Especially as my first time here, you know, one pass, one pass, (laughs) one pass. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. What's that? Oh, oh yeah, no was, way. Yeah, that was my bad. It wasn't <laughs> no me way. who took the shit, but fuck it. I didn't. I don't care. It'll, rules it'll, on my first guess. It'll connect. Brought. It'll it'll connect the episodes. It was bio. Yeah, <laughs> it was bio. Bio took a shit in your guys' house first time ever. Yeah. Well, first of all, right. I was shocked. He walked in a little bit late, and we were gonna go to do our warm up run. Yeah, and it was just you, us three, standing here. And he's like, I need to use the bathroom. And you're like, yeah, we just take a leak uh, on the side of the house. And he goes, no, it's number two. And he was late. I can't believe that he was honest. Yeah. And he was late missing the run. <laughs> he felt a little awk. And I was like, I don't have time to not. If, if I go my usual route with right. this guy. I, I looked you in the I looked. I saw that in your eyes. And I was like, yeah, come on in. <laughs> <laughs> and, and look, I, I'm not like Goldie. I actually don't. I think it's the right. I think it actually helps build the friendship. Shit in people's houses. I think if you if you can become friends with someone after that, go for it. Look, Goldie and I don't agree about everything. She doesn't want you shit in the house. Bio, if you're listening to this, you're you're in, you're in a tough spot with my wife. <laughs> Episode 286. Bio, not looking good. Porta potty. You're in a tough. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye, Goldie. No, but see, you got the you got the uh, what are they called? Good wipes. The good wipes. You yeah. could have sh- took shit outside, buried it, called it a day. So, good fertilizer. So, but so here's the deal. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna try this. I, and I said it today at the end of the workout, I think uh, when it comes to racial things, I think white men, myself from my own experience, were nervous to say the wrong thing, okay? Bio is uh, of Nigerian descent. He's like probably the only dark black African American in my neighborhood, and it's five in the morning. He's brand new to this experience. I want him to come back for multiple reasons. He's a good athlete. He's a fucking rapper. He's young, and he's a person of color, which, by the way, you're not sh- I'm not sure if we're using that term anymore. I listened to a podcast yesterday about it. Anyway, inconclusive. Um, but I, th- I, I actually think there's something different about a white – If like, let's say the police shine the lights and Andrew's peeing in my yard. 
I'm not worried about it. But it look, it's a different life is a different experience for black people in the United States. So, yeah. so then, so then this idea of this, like, do go shit behind the, uh, the fucking shed. Black people have a different experience in the United States. Yeah. And so, so I'd like to think that I have a friendship with him. He understands and navigates this little silly culture of Karim Jim North. And then he's back shit behind the shed, like in a mo- month from now. Yeah. Great. Yes. But I also didn't want to put a new person of all those different identities that I just mentioned in that spot. I, so bio, if you're listening, I'm man. sorry. I said that you shit in my house. I'm sorry. My wife hates you a little, but that's just the way that's going to go. And I think when it applies to privilege and whiteness, we should try to practice seeing the world through the eyes of Americans that aren't treated as fairly. Right. And that's a goofy example, but it's very, it's super, <laughs> but it's applicable, that's an, that's but it's an, very applicable to our friendship. That, that's a, that's a good example. Yes. And I, cause I, when he said it, I looked at you directly. It was just us three. I looked at you directly. I'm like, don't make him do it. He's brand new. He's just showing up late. Don't make him do it. And then you, but it was without hesitation. He goes, yeah, I'll show you inside. And then I took off to go catch up. Everyone else, everyone else was warming up uh, to go into run totally. at the park. And I was like, oh, phew. <laughs> totally, totally. Well, and there's also a long play to it. There's a long play to, um, let me give you a November Project example. We had this, and we, we, I think it's still up actually, it's called the We Missed You. We Missed You page on the November Project website. And early on, we lived by this culture of, at the end of a Wednesday workout, hey, are you going next week? You'd say yes. Declan, are you going? You'd say yes. And I would say, is that a verbal? And that question of like, are you, is this for real? Let's lock it in. You, and if you drop a verbal, it means you're definitely going. Next week, Wednesday morning, 629 Harvard Stadium, Andrew's there. I'm there. Where's Declan? Slept in. We get some texts at 7:20. My alarm. Didn't make it. We put Declan on the "We Missed You" page, and it's this piece of writing. We pull these photos from his Facebook. He's eating pizza. We like just basically burn. You know, we, we burn him up. We burn him up. But you can't do that. We miss you thing with people that are brand new. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because that might be the reason that they never come back again. Mm-hmm. But you can do it with people that are in the mix. So I think with the bio shit in the house thing, yeah. I think I think he's he, in that moment, we needed the guy to be comfortable. Yeah. 100%. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yes. But uh, eventually, like, you, there should be a shirt. I mean, that should be called House Shit Gate. And, we don't, and you don't know. And then, like, he gets the shirt. You know, give him right. the Grim Jim North one. But just on the back, on the top of the collar, right. House Shit Gate. And that's or, his shirt. Or like, or like, you can shit in the house. Oh, don't shit in the house. Maybe that's just no like, shitting in the house. Just don't or, shit in the house. Or, or like, or like, it's such a high price in things that you have to do. So, for example, like you have to do yard work at my house for for three weeks in a row. When mm. I call you, you're so, on call. So, you're on call. So if like some, and I think it would be more of a female experience for some, uh, for a woman to turn to me and be like, "I'm not shitting in your yard," and me, me to go. How are you at raking leaves for three weeks, <laughs> Betty? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Then she can buy that. She can be right, like, all right, cool. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's a trade off. Right. Because I think that's going to be awkward as November or as um, Karim Jim North grows. New people that have to shit. It, it, we might have to do a, sep- a second episode on this. We will. We'll have to circle back on this for sure. It's, uh, it's interesting, though. I, are you worried or like what future outlooking on Karim Jim? Like, 
this is, is this going to be a public event where people right. are showing up to your house? So the one, so my, so Karim Rafat and his wife Zoe in. That's right. In Karim the, is your brother in law. Brother in law, yeah. Black belt in jiu jitsu. He's an MD. He's done three rounds of residency. He's a turbo human being. And when turbo. He, when he had he, his first kid and now it's two kids, they created a garage gym. I was in charge of the Instagram. A friend of ours was a photographer. So if you look up Karim Gym underscore, it's his gym experience. And it's pretty cool. But unlike November Project, because the space is so small, it can't be open to everyone. Mm. So very selfishly, Karim turned to me and said, I want people in my garage at five in the morning who make the environment better physically. And that's very against November Project. It's very against our ethos. So it's, there's a divide. This isn't going to mix with November Project. And it'll look bad, actually, for me to build some of this stuff. But like, I want to build a garage where I'm the least fit guy in the room. That's cool. For me. So that I can get up and know that I'm going to push myself to try and keep up with you on the run, to keep up with you on the pull-ups. Like, it's a selfish endeavor. Right. It will be a, a group of very fit people that know how to throw the fuck down. You know what I mean? Yes. So, I use the small garage as a little bit of a, sorry, can't, not everyone can come. And frankly, with COVID, and now that it's going to get colder, that garage door is going to come down. We're going to throw the heater on. And I don't think we can have more than five, six, seven, eight people in here. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I'm a having point. a blast describing what I get to do once a week. Sure. Um, <laughs> in, in detail. Sure. Of like I, I wake up at 440. I get to – I go to the suburbs to go meet up with this guy, Brogan. Sure. Who's got a garage gym that he started a month ago. And uh, Declan put me in the loop of this. And I've been going consistently for uh, about a month now. And the look on people's eyes is always, you doing what? Totally. Yeah. And I love it. Totally. It is, it is unique. Um, it fires me up that I have the opportunity to do this once a week because I know that day is going to be my best day of the week. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I, I, I getting up at four forty. I already know I won the day and then voluntarily, voluntarily doing something sure. to start your day before you putting in the work of your, uh, of your grind. It's amazing. Oh, uh, so thank you for. No, I, I yeah. appreciate it. And you bringing bio into my life, and then bio, of course, brought his, his partner Laura, his girlfriend Laura, um, and just the different the different kinds of people that you meet under the same umbrella of expectations of like it's going to be early, you can't be late, um, and if you shit in my house, you have to rake the leaves for three weeks. You know that those kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. No, but it's been Simple cool. Rules. It's been cool. And then of course we get him now. Do you know what I mean? Yep. So it's it's I don't expect a lot of people in their twenties to be making their way from, you know, uptown into their car, onto the freeway, out to Shorewood, Minnesota to do a workout in the garage. But but I've seen crazier things happen in building community. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. So it's like I'm really open to this experiment. I love I love kind of some of the branding and the the to the tie-dye t-shirt. Like this idea of like I have a lot of this of the same I have a lot of the same one trick pony type kit. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. But then I also recognize that like some of the theatrics around like having lights on a glowing wall at five in the morning as you get out of your car is part of the experience, mm-hmm. right? hundred percent. And you so, designed that all yourself by using all the things that you've experienced and done in the past, but now you're just doing it, doing it for a specific and a different reason. Right? Totally. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's, um, whether it's something that didn't work or it's something that did work, I encourage people to go back there to try Google glass and say like, yeah, let's figure out how to make this work. Going back to that guy, like, look, he said something that was so important. He goes, Google Glass didn't succeed in sales. He said, but the need for human beings with our vertebrae to go from this to this. He goes, that's still a need that will be accomplished, not in our lifetime, in the next handful of years. Right? So you're on the bus and everyone's down. 
you're at a restaurant, everyone's down. Our necks literally are over these devices. Right. Even walking down the street, it's still at an angle. He goes, we're heading to a technological place of this. He goes, so the space that Google Glass went into, even though it's dark based on sales, is a place we're going back to, and that will be the future of tech. And it was like, you could hear a pin drop in all of San Francisco. It was wild. We're just like, right. Anyway, if you're listening to this, find the spots in life that you were excited about that didn't work out, and look at them again. Look at them again, and know that you were right. Follow your gut on those, on those things, because... It takes a lot of courage to come up with crazy ideas. It takes way more to bring them into execution and even more to go back and like figure that last twist to try it again. Cheers to that. I love that, dude. We got two final questions for you. I love it. Um, first one being, uh, we grow, like we mentioned, standing on the shoulders of our guests. Um, who do you challenge to have on the show that would be in your circle or would be someone in the community that would be like, you need to have this person on? It uh, could be someone you're connected to. It could be someone very far off. I want you to – I, I challenge – so the challenge is going to you and the guests? So that, no, just coming to us and say, hey, we want, I want to see this person on your show. But that's want, a good point. You can challenge the guests. Hey, get on this guy's podcast. Yeah. That also helps us. You know? Yeah, yeah. I challenge Raekwon of the Black Foxes. I have – if you look on that skateboard over there and if you look at the top of that whiteboard, the Black Foxes um, – well, Raekwon is just a, he's a killer athlete. It's a bike. Yep, it's the black. It's an all-black bike mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, collective that exists all over the world. Um, but it's basically questioning the outdoor industry and uh, specifically cycling for for the the lack of representation and for the um, for the kind of unfair looks that black and brown people get for being on bikes. Bye bye, Bubs. Hey, Bubba, can you come give Daddy a kiss? Uh, Hi, Lumi. Come here, bud. You're looking great. Come here, bud. Mm. It's not on the lip. (laughs) Don't trip on the quads. Athlete. Nice athlete. Picked his knees up. That's that's Liz. Thanks, Liz. Thanks, Liz. You're the best. Um. So Raekwon is a Nordic ski athlete. He's an endurance athlete. He's a cyclist, and he and I don't I don't want to give away his story, but recently executed um, this idea that was a tribute to uh, I don't know if it was thirty or fifty um, African Americans who were killed at the hands of police brutality, and he did it by cycling I think eighty or ninety miles every day for ten days. So I guess it was 10 tributes and he wore their name on a white shirt and it was like this like really profound, super simple thing. 846, I think was the time that George Floyd was on the ground before he was pronounced dead. So it was 846 miles total in 10 days. So 84, I I could be getting the wrong, but anyway, I I heard of this and then he's since come to Karim Jim North. So he's a guy that I'm like a fan of and potential friends with. And I hope that he's listening to this and I hope that you guys get him on. Challenge accepted. Challenge oh, accepted. I, I would, I would, listen to, I would listen to that a couple times. Mm-hmm. Sick. Awesome. All right. Now our final question. Very in the moment, uh, present day question here. What did you learn today from the time you woke up and pre- prepped Karim Jim for us today uh, to the time we're actually recording right now in your garage? Um, what did I learn today? I learned that... that the recipe is still good and that racing is still fun. Um, 
the actual workout itself, sometimes I don't give enough credit to what's on the board. I sometimes say it's just stuff. It's shit your grandfather's. It's simple stuff. But um, putting thought into details of, of certain things doesn't always pay off. But I think this morning I learned that it pays off in this environment. This is the Nike kitchen. We're trying stuff here. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I learned that to take this environment and continue to, to change it, to add the racing element like we did at the end, those three rounds for mm-hmm. time, like that's something that gives that gives me a purpose as an individual, but as a leader and as a member of this group. What did I learn? I learned um I learned that y'all are as or slightly more professional than I thought and hoped. <laughs> I'm not just trying to I'm not just trying to force a compliment. But I, I couldn't tell with you. The, you you guys are so chill that I was like are these guys clowns or are these guys like assassins? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I couldn't tell. And you you play a straight game and then you're like out there. You're the pit viper. I get it. I'd see what you're doing, you know? So anyway, I'm I am happily and to meet you, I just I, I think that from the beginning, the content you were shooting, the lighting that I just like I I'm seeing this unfold and having so many friends and connections uh in content creation and filmmaking, uh content host, podcast hosting artists. Uh, to see y'all show up and to be able to hit the ground and to do it on this canvas, one that you haven't ever been to, like, um, I'm not surprised. I'm happily confirmed in my assumption that y'all um, like the workout on the board. You know that you bring as many details as you can. I think this is guesswork, but then when it works out, you're able to look back and be proud of those choices. So, and that's what this podcast is. We get to look back at it now and be like. This is a moment in time, a time where the details actually worked out. Totally. Because it comes full circle. Again, I mentioned it earlier. Like we, you, I said, hey, Brogan, can you come on the podcast? He said, yeah, but can we do it outside? And I say, interesting request. I've never gotten that before. <laughs> how, and then I just had to start thinking about how to record a podcast outside. Yep. And then we find a day, we book it, and then just a bunch of crazy stuff happens. Uh, and again, thankfully, you weren't able to make it. No, totally. Thankfully, you weren't able to make it. Um, because good things come with time and it's worth waiting for the good things in life. And I think that's what this is. But nonetheless, like we had to, we have done what, three or four outdoor podcasts now since then. Yeah. Since, since the time you just asked if we could do it. Yeah. And we figured it out. Challenge, oh man. Challenge us in a new realm. Yeah. Well, and I saw you all on the boat. I was really proud of you. Like, I feel like I've, I'm, I feel like our friendship is further down the road than it actually is. Like I saw the boat thing. I was like, those are my boys. They did it. <laughs> they we, did it. I was like, we did it. <laughs> we did it. Like, I literally, yeah. I don't even know these cats. At all. Yeah, no. And then, um, and then um, it's also I, I admire the way that y'all come to this with a humble nature, and 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 I also recognize what it is that you do, and and the education that you get. Like you're on a pretty exciting ride where these people get to bring their experiences to you. It's a really mm-hmm. nice privileged thing that you get, which is like, well, what if you got to sit down with a bunch of really interesting people? Like that's that's what the for you it's a really special thing that you get to have forever. I also will say you mentioned the dojo, the place that you do most of your recordings, and I see these people sit on that couch, kind of sinking into the comfort of it. It's a cozy environment. Y'all are looking like just like fish in water. Like it's so much your zone, and there was something about it because I knew you had a big personality, and I knew you were a driver of so much of this culture. I was just like, I feel like for the three of us, that ain't that ain't it. And I'm not saying some guests should be on the couch and that that's less. That's not what I'm saying. But like we're as a trio here, we're a little bit more unhinged and uncaged. And so 
I appreciate that y'all came out here, but it also feels like more of a fitting environment. Correct. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we were meant to be. Well, here. the experience from the very beginning, Declan, put on your fucking mask. It's five in the morning. We're doing this work. <laughs> Sweating the thing, the thing. So like, this has been a full experience as opposed to like walking in. Hi, I'm Brogan. Where's the couch? Oh, can I sit here? Like, that's a, just a different way to get to know Such you. a good point. So, yep. Such a good point, man. Um, yes. So thank you. Thank all of you guys. I appreciate it. You're the man. That's a wrap. Seeing double. Tell the whole squad out the back door, man. I think it's time to huddle. Yeah. We're in trouble. Wrote a pop song, tried to pop off, but I think we popped a bubble. And we run around, but now I know we're tired of the nonsense. All the things we can't control. Really, really messes with the healthy mindset. Are we there yet? Or is this just how it goes? So you wanna play the pop games? Said you never, never will change, but I don't believe you. No, I don't. So you wanna play the pop games? Said it always goes the same way, but I don't believe you. No, I don't, no, I don't. Triple coverage. Had it mapped out, but you spaced out, man, you didn't see it coming. Hold my luggage About to fly up Holding my cup Looking down and seeing nothing And we run around But now I know it's tired Of the nonsense All the things we can't control Really, really messes with the healthy mindset Are we there yet? Or is this just how it goes? So you wanna play the pop games That you never, never will change But I don't So you wanna play the pop games? Said you never, never would change, but I don't.